The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Holland there playing the piano. Um, what I like is songs that end. I, I never under, even as a kid, when a song faded out, I didn't understand what the fader. When I was a kid, I thought they just were playing softer and stepping away from the <laughs> microphones, and that's how they did it. I genuinely, I thought they did it, and I don't get why the fade out is a thing. I don't know. Do, 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 do pop, um, do pop tunes? I'm sure I sound like a really old man saying that sentence. Do pop tunes nowadays, does Lady Gaga fade out? Does she fade Some out? Some of them are fades, yeah. I've never understood, I've never understood the fade out. And to get the fade out, you know that there's a bloke with his hand on the faders, he's, he's pulling the faders down. What, why, why can't they finish? Because here's the problem, right, here's the thing, the, the thing that would confuse me as a kid, is I, once I'd worked out they weren't stepping away from the microphone, you think, well, how are they ending in the studio? They've got, they've got to, 
They've got to be playing it, and they've got to just, they've got to end it in the studio, somehow. And quite often, you, you know, all these albums, these classic albums are being re-released with, um, bonus tracks and, and, and stuff like that. So you'll get the full thing. And it just kind of falls apart yeah. about 20 seconds after the fade has ended. But then, like, as I got older, I think, but when they were in concert, they'd have, they'd have to end it in concert. So they've worked out an ending for concert. Ba-da-da-ba-da-bam. Bah, or bam 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 or whatever or in the case of some of stevie wonder's hits yeah bam 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 exactly so if they've worked it out for the concert the hell didn't they put down their their, their drugs their bongs i'm not talking about squeeze here although well they put down their bongs and their hookers and their, their needles and their rolled up 50 dollar bills and just spend five minutes working out the end of a song for crying out loud. Here's what we'll do tonight, dear listener, and it's coming to me. Um, we, we always do, people always do, oh, it's the best intro to a song. Was it? No, no, no. Best ending to a song. Best ending to songs. What's, um, um, oh, wait, this is, now, we're going to start off with a pretty darn good one, okay? It's going to be, it would be pretty hard, pretty, pretty. Pretty hard to um hang on a minute, we'll get to the ending of this. It would be pretty hard to beat this. I'm gonna put this forward as the best ending in a pop song. Here we go. Oh you should be Here we go. Here we go. Sophisticated I don't think we're going to get a better ending to a song than that. Than that, I think it is. I'm going to say it, guys. I'm going to say it. I think it's a diminished ninth. Then the diminished ninth at the end of "She Loves You" by um, the Beatles. I don't think we can find an ending that is better than that. It sure is a proud ending. I it's like it. Fantastic. And for and for um, and that was the turning point when some music music um, um, uh, aficionados went, oh. They're not just some dumb group. Yeah, yeah, the songs are dumb and the choruses are dumb and that yeah, yeah, yeah stuff is annoying. But they've they've put a jazz chord in a pop song. Wowzers! That's when the that was the turning point for the Beatles. The last five seconds of "She Loves You." Can we find a song that ends better than "She Loves You" by the Beatles? And I'll, and I'll tell you this: we're going to play the, the every song you suggest, dear listener. We are going to play it and it will be picked apart on the air. Uh, Peter Piper picked a peckled pepper. Is it? Did he? Did I get that Peter right? Peter Piper picked a pecker pe- pe- pickle pepper. What did he pick? A pecker pickle. Who's pecker. Peter Piper? Pa- now this is a serious question. Uh, in much the same way, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The show is off and uh, off and um, and up and running. It's o- off and on and up and running. Um, it, it, we all, people say who's who's Gordon Bennett. I don't care who Gordon Bennett was. Who was Peter Piper? What was he doing picking pipes of pickled peppers? Pecks of pickled peppers. Is it peck of pickled peppers? Yes. But why? I have no idea. Who was the bird selling seashells? She sells. She Is it? Michelle. Yeah. Um, busy show this evening, guys. Busy show this evening. We will be... Um, Chris Difford came and joined us in uh, a studio earlier on today. Chris Difford from Squeeze. He's got a new book out. Where did I... I put there, the... behind your computer. There it is. Thank yellow. you. There it is. It's big, it's big, bright and yellow. It's called Chris Difford, Some Fantastic Place, My Life In and Out of Squeeze. I read it in two days. It's an absolute joy. It's a, it's a good one. You know, we only recommend good ones. It's a good one. I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. We'll uh, listen to him after 11. Um, but so far, we, we're up and running.
morning. Um, songs that have got a better ending than She Loves You by the Beatles, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Um, they're coming thick and fast. Who is Peter Piper and what the hell is he so obsessed with peppers about? Um, missed opportunities. Okay. We went this evening and you'll hear it tomorrow. We went to the album launch of Hippopotamus. It's the new album from Sparks. I love Sparks. Some of you may only know them from this. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. me who's gonna live. Um, some of you may know them from that. Um, and if you do, well, fair enough, you know them. Some of you, though, are, have got your, your heads, um, your heads screwed on the right way. And you'll know some of their later work, including the magnificent Little Beethoven album. Wow, what a record. Anyway, the new album, Hippopotamus, it comes out tomorrow. Uh, I've been listening to it, and Catherine and I were invited to a um, press launch. And it was it was deliciously pretentious and wonderfully camp. It was great. It was at the ICA, which is the Institute for Contemporary Arts. It's a very, very swanky sort of art gallery and, and, and stuff. It's very, very gallery. A very... Uh, uh, no, it's it, fine. It is gallery. It's very gallery. That'll do. That'll do. And... Um, we got in, and, and we got there about half six, and there were loads of people there. Kath got drunk, free, free drinks. Didn't get drunk. And then there were, there were rows of seats, but at the front there were tables. Like, ra- like sort of bar, like it's round tables. Some sort of cabaret. Yeah. I went, stuff it, let's go and sit at one of the tables. And we did, we sat at one of the tables. And um, Sparks came out, and they were interviewed, and they were just, I, I just find them so funny and so charming. They're so charming. Uh, Q&A with the audience, and here's my mistake, here's the lesson I learned tonight. Put your hand up straight away. I, I, I put my hand up a bit late, so I'm, I was not picked to ask a question. That's fine, that's fine, because I was enjoying it. And, um, we've been invited by my friend Sue, who sometimes phone, phones the show, I think, I think a little bit worse for wear. I think that would be fair to say, <laughs> she's been on a little bit worse for wear. After going to that event tonight, I can understand yes, why. Yes, she works with Sparks, and she's delightful, right? And, um... And so we we left to come and do the show because the thing ended. And I texted Susie to say, thank you so much for that. That was brilliant. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow night because Sparks are doing another thing. And about an hour later, got a text saying, oh, I was looking for you. I was going to take you backstage so you could say hello to them. Oh, no, no, Mr. Grimsdale! Mr. Grimsdale! Aya. So, um, oh, God, I was gutted. Absolutely gutted. But we've got tomorrow. Yeah, we've got tomorrow. I'm going to go and see them do uh, and an And we will in-store. not leave until they've spoken to <laughs> we're us. Gonna, we're going to go and see them do an in-store appearance where they're going to play some songs. So, let me write these down because these are all gold. Who is Peter Piper? Best endings of songs. These are, here we go. Here we go. Best endings of songs. Missed opportunities. And also, also, also... Who have you been in the same room as? And I'll tell you for why. Because tonight, we were in the same room, as well as Sparks. It was a tiny, it was maybe, what, 150 people, 200 people there? There was rock royalty. Ladies and gentlemen, somewhere in that room, because he was, um, his name was mentioned, was Mr. Tony Visconti. Visconti. Visconti? Visconti. Visconti. Tony Visconti, who um, basically produced... Uh, well, produced some of the early Sparks records, produced T-Rex, produced all the good um, David Bowie records. Also, Muff Winwood. Muff 
Winwood. Brother of Steve. There we go. So there was there were there were royalty in the room, and you could as their names were being mentioned, you could feel the tension. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the person that impressed me the most. Uh huh. I know you're going to say. We were waiting for it to start, and it was we were there for about an hour waiting. When's it going to When's it going to start? They were playing um, some Sparks concert video, but it was very quiet. I mean, wanted it louder, and um, I knew when it was going to start. Because I saw someone walking down the aisle to take her seat, and I leant over and went, Puckrick's in the house. Katie Puckrick. Oh, I love Katie Puckrick. Katie Puckrick was there. And I think it's fair to say we both have a little bit of a crush. Massive. On Katie Puckrick. Um, of course, host of The Word and, and various documentaries and, and uh, ace programmes on Radio 4 recently, I believe. Um, and um, she sat right in front of us and we sh- and I, again we should have just gone and go- gone and said because right, she was with someone who'd introduced herself to me yeah um s- someone from prog magazine so we could have quite legitimately gone over and said bye joe nice to meet you. oh hello kate sorry katie can i just uh, say a big fan of yours think you're great we could have done that and we didn't mm-hmm. because we are slackers and it's got to be said and i don't like this culture of um judging people on their looks right and and as they uh, is, there's a thing in the paper about doesn't um uh the pretty woman doesn't the, julia roberts look good at 49 well yeah 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 um but Katie Patrick looked stunning. Looked, looked as stunning as she's ever looked. She did not look a day older than, um, when, you know, when we would have seen her on the television. Um, and I, we kind of were doing age maths, as one does. She's on the bus on the way home. On the bus. On, on the, the glamorous go- bus. And I thought, I kind of called out 47. I said yeah. 47. And she was 55. 55 years. First of all, that makes me feel old because I feel, you know, that I've, cause I used to watch her on telly, so I'm old, but also, wowzers. She looks incredible. She looks incredible. And I know, and I don't, and I hate falling into that culture of judging people on their looks and their age and all of that. But. But you know what was refreshing? Yeah. She looked incredible, but it didn't look as if she'd done anything. No. Nope, nope. You know, because some of these people are flawless, but too flawless to the point of you thinking oh they're trying a bit hard there and they've obviously had some work done she didn't look like that she looked incredible and um why here's the thing guys why won't someone make a tv channel for people who are famous in the late 90s early 2000s because me imagine me and katie hosting a show together imagine her hosting it i would happily be her lapdog stroke co-host and um it would be wonderful Come on, guys, for crying out loud. 0344-499-1000. That is plenty to sink your teeth into. I've got more as well. I've just remembered. I've got more. Ian, uh, then... Uh, oh, God, <laughs> they're all queuing up. We'll have Ian, then we'll have David Bluecock, and then we'll have... Uh, sorry, ba- Babcock. Then we'll have Andre, and then we'll have Caddick, and, and then we may have you, dear listener. 0344-499-1000. The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk. With the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Got seven calls lined up. Let's dive in. Good good evening, Stu. Hello, mate. I'm a really good fan of the show. Oh, you we we always like our really good fans of the show. You they they are the really good fans of the show are so much better than just the average fans mm-hmm. of the show. And the rotten fans, they yes. can do one. Stu, if I if you were here, I'd slip five pounds in your hand and say, go and treat yourself to a drink. 
That would be really good. But you're not um, teased to, so I will not be doing that. No, I, of, of course. Uh, we're talking about, um, you had the Beatles. Was it Love Love Me Do? Or um, whatever it was? Yeah, it was whatever it was. It, it was just one of their bloody pop songs they did, the Beatles, yes. Yeah, I know. I'm talk- can I throw a, a song in there by band? You certainly can throw a song in there by uh, band. ELO, Mr. Blue Sky. Okay, I don't remember... How, ELO, Mr. Blue Sky. How does that end? Is that the end with the robot singing? No, well, it, no, I don't think so. But Doesn't it, it go, um, Mr. Blue Sky? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, well, is it? Is that the yeah. end? Yeah. You're, you're right. Hang on a minute. What we're going to do is we're going we're gonna, to uh, play a little bit of comparison, right? So you're saying... Yep. That you're saying... That, oh, flipping it, when you get these songs off YouTube, <laughs> you've got to wait for the ads. Oh, that's like quite a good ad, actually. Um, so you're saying that this... Right, you're saying that that is better than... Oh, bloody computer. By the fader, I could do it without... Not a chance, Stu. You may be a really good fan of the show, but not a chance. 100% rubber stamped whole sign to say that... You, you, you can sign to say that, but... What, you tell you what you do, Stu. <clears throat> if you could sign to say that, and you mentioned something about a rubber stamp, if you could send that to me here at Talk Radio, it's uh, Ian Lee. Have you got a pen and paper? No, Are you going to sign it then? It, all right. No, I will. All right, I will. Right, so it's it's Ian Lee. Oh, God, I I I A N. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, kind of. I I I A N. Yep. Sorry, Lee. Yeah. E, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, talk radio. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk radio. Yeah. Cool. Eighteen Hatfields. One eight Hatfields. <laughs> sorry. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. Sorry. But yeah, I'm. I'm really sorry. Yeah, Ian Lee at Talk Radio. Uh, yeah, we don't keep saying putting out. I don't want you to put right. Talk Radio. Eighteen Hatfields. Yep. Okay. London. He's pretending to write. You know. Well, no, I'm going to get him to recite it to me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, I'm not it's like my first rodeo, Kath. I'm going to get him to recite it. Then we'll see. S S E one. Oh, I've got S E one. That's easy. Eight, right. S E one. Eight yeah. D J. <laughs> DJ, yeah. Yeah. If you send um, your, that signed declaration that you think that that is better than she loves you, yeah. At the end, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Then we can we can see what we take from there. Can you do me a favour, Stu? Could you just read back that address, please, buddy? Uh, SC one eight DJ. The whole address, not just the postcode. Ian Lee at Talk Radio. SC18DJ. Thank you very much for calling. That guy said he was a really good fan of the show. I think he's a really bad fan of the show. (laughs) That's what I think is going on there. Good evening, Ian. Jesus. Ian. Ian! Ian. Hey, man! Right, I'm getting back, see what's going on there. Good evening, Sally. Hello, Ian. Hello, Sally. I was going to say Mr. Blue Sky too. But it's a pony ending. Why were you going to say that? Because I love that song, and it's not. It's please turn me over at the end. Okay. Uh, well. But then okay, you've sent. Well, you've sent. You've sent. Can I? Can I? Um, can I? Um, 
haul you over the coal, coals? Yes, yes, sure. You sent a tweet. Yeah. What is the length limit for the song ending? What does, yeah. what does that mean? It's the end of the song. Well, because well, the end, I was going to then suggest Layla. Because the ending of Layla is very long. No, 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 it's not. It is? No. No, it's not. So that's what I mean by what's the length of the ending. I mean, how long can it be? Yeah, well, right. The end of Layla is not very long. Okay. The end of Layla, it, it's about, well, it's about 15 seconds, like most endings. It's this. Right, okay. Dun, dun, that's it. Dun, that's the end. That's a bit with okay. what? It's a little bit bent, that. It's a little <laughs> okay. bit bent. Okay, all right. Well, I'll go for Mr. Blue Sky too. Well, then. it's just. You can't. You can't. I've just. I don't know. I've just knocked it out of the sky. Well. Oh, but it was my nan's favourite song. Well, I don't mean to be disrespectful to your nan, but but she didn't know song endings like I do. I'm a professional. Right, okay, all right, okay. But I, I, well, I like it, and it's please turn me over. (laughs) There's so many places we could go with that. Um, Let's try Nick. Good evening, Nick. Hello, hello, Nick. Hello, Uh, my mine uh, predates the Beatles. Real punchy end to the song. It's uh, Little Richard, Tutti Frutti. Um, I, can you sing the ending of Tutti Frutti to me? Because I can't, it's a long time since I've heard it. Uh, so it goes there. Uh, Tutti Frutti on Rooty. A wap battle up a wap bam boom. Okay, let's, um, let's compare that. Let's have a little listen. Oh. Yeah, do you know? That's not a bad ending, right? But it needs the Beatles. No, it, well, I tell you what, I, it, it's missing. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to critique Little Richard too much, but it's missing something. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play it again, and I'm gonna tell you what would make it a better ending. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. This is his ending. It needs that at the end. It's missing that at the end, isn't it? Uh, I, I guess. I guess. Hang I on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Boom! On the, yeah, it's yeah. missing that, drums and piano. So, it's an incomplete ending. Oh. Mm, I still think it beats the Beatles, though. Well, it doesn't, it's because still... it doesn't, mate, because it's not finished. That song is just hanging in the ether. No, no, it's it's more it's more it's more original than the beat. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Nick, I'm so sorry, man. I cu- I cut you off. Like the the song you selected, your phone call didn't finish. It's just floating around in the ether. See how unsatisfying that is. That is it. This this is it. Unadorned. This is a very very unsatisfying ending. And yeah, and 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 um, Mr. Richards. No, nope. oh, he's balls that right up. Hasn't he has he? totally balls it up. Yes, G. What's going on? Someone kill me. Yes, G. B fifty twos. Look sharp. That's not. That's not bad. That is. Is that the end? Yes, of course it is. I know they do it in the middle. 
Um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty darn sure. I first heard uh, Love Shack when I was in um, Marino's uh, Barbers on the Farnham Road. Um, Good let, story. Yes, yeah, short back inside. Um, that's none of your business. Right here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh. Mate, you got it. You got the ending wrong, G. That's the ending. Thanks for calling. You know how I know that? It's one of my karaoke favourites. He got the end. It, yeah, the ending he described was brilliant. Shame it's not the ending of the song. It's the middle of the song. There we go. <laughs> you see your feet to turn at the top of the road. It says. He used to fascinate me. Fred Schneider is the bloke in the B-52s. Mm. He used to fascinate the hell out of me. A very, very strange gentleman. I used to like her. She was kind of Katie Puckricky, wasn't there she? There was two of them. Well, the one I'm thinking of is Kate pa- Pearson. Sure, why not? I mean, yeah, I mean, why not? It is. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. We thought we'd found an ending that was as good as She Loves You by the Beatles. It turns out it was a fictional fantasy ending made up in the um, the drug-addled mind of a lunatic listener to this. Do you know an ending to a song that's better than She Loves You by the Beatles? We may have... um we may have come in too hard on this one. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Who have you been in the room with? Missed opportunities and who the bloody hell was Peter Piper? I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nut job, but not that kind of nut job. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh no. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the phone number. Good evening, Rocky. Good evening, Mr. Lee. Good evening, Catherine. I hope, you find you both. hope I find you both well. Yes. Right, song ending, Mr. Lee. Rock around the clock, Bill Haley. Terrible record. I'm, I'm not right, even going right. to listen. It's, an, it's one of the, the worst records of all time. No, you just. I knew we were going to be on a, a losing edge of you because if it isn't the Beatles or, or the Monkeys or the Kings, you don't want to know anything. Hang on a minute. I was about to say the B-52s was almost as good, but then it turned out it was a fictional ending. So that's you shot down in flames, Rockstar. No, no, no. I know. Bill Haynes' Rock Around the Clock is one of the all-time... Sing the ending to records. me. No, it's, it's a terrible record made by a fat old man who was going bald and slick. Honestly, here's the thing about Bill Haley, right? People listen to the record and went, oh, yeah, that's all right. He was, um, it, it, he was nothing... He was, Tattoo had more musical soul than than him. The new kids on the block had... He was just a, a, a jumped on trends. He was a country and western star who was, was about 35, and then someone said, hey, there's a new thing called rock. You should do this song called Rock Around the Clock. OK. And do you know who the most disappointed people in the world were, Rocky? I'll tell you. Um, when Bill Haley came to the UK to do his first ever tour, and everyone went to see him, and they were absolutely gutted to see this old man with a kiss curl playing primarily boogie woogie and country and western and one rock and roll song well you're fact you're wrong because i actually met the ha- hang on a minute country. you're the bloke no, who thought you're, you're, you're hang you're on a minute so rocky wrong. you're you're the you're the bloke that um thought um uh who was the nut job who did telstar 
Yeah, yeah, you, you're the bloke who thought he was the one that said guitar bands are past it. When it wasn't, it was Dick Rowe at, um, uh, Decker. So, you, you don't know nothing! Oh, man, you are so, so out of order. You know nothing about rock and roll. Hang on a minute, you, 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 you came on, and you apportioned one of the most famous quotes in music to a bloke who hadn't said it! It was Jeff Goddard who, who, put, who put it into the movie. The people who made you the movie wouldn't, didn't even know about the quote. It was Jeff Goddard. Yeah, but the people who watch the people who watch biopics and think they're true don't don't, don't deserve any credence whatsoever. Did you see the Did you see the film? No, because it's full of lies, and it's also got a bloke in it who I think is a tosser. There's a documentary beginning of the film, and I'm in that documentary. Well, well you shouldn't be. I'm going to tell me who produced that documentary, because I'm going to ask to have you edited out of it, because you don't know anything. Oh, you are saying so close to the wind. You know nothing about early, early, early music. Bill Haley was doing rock and roll and rockabilly and western swing as early as 1952. That's four years before Rock Around the Clock. He wasn't doing rock and roll in 1952. He was doing country. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He was doing country and swing. And I know about this because I've just read a massive book about um, Skiffle written by Billy Bragg. So I know everything about it. I can name you five songs off the top of my head by Bill Haley from 52, 53 that are pure rock and roll. Yeah, were they produced by Joe Meek? And did he say guitar bands were past it? Oh man, you're so you're you're standing so close to the wind. You really are. You you if it isn't if it isn't in your opinion, you don't want to know anything. Fake news. Fake news. I know more about early rock and roll, rockabilly. Than My dick's R&B. bigger you know, than your dick. You know. Say that again. Oh, say that again oh. and say it in English. Oh, I'm going to hang up because you really are annoying me. So what? Are you t- I don't know what you're talking about. Your bat is just gone. He's just gone. What? What was? It? He's the fella that said Joe Meek said guitar bands are yesterday's thing. It wasn't. It was Dick Rowe, the bloke from Decca, who turned down the Beatles and then went on a signing spree because he turned down the Beatles. So he went and signed everything he could sign. What's the fella's name? I'm doing the thing because he was a bit of a boozer. Bill Haley. Bill Haley was a, was a country at best. He was doing a little bit of swing. He wasn't doing rock and roll in 1952. Shall I tell you why he wasn't doing rock and roll in 1952? Because rock and roll didn't really exist then. Here's something. The same week that Elvis Presley went into record... Um, uh, whatever the first song he was he recorded, the same week he went and did that at Sun Records. Um, That's uh, the right mama, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Um, uh, um, the same week. Um, I can't remember anything. I think I might have had. I'm not saying this lightly. I think I think I've I've had some sort of stroke or something. I can't remember a bloody thing. Um, Lonnie Donegan went in and recorded "Rock On and Line," the big hit. There oh. you go. It's the same. Week so things were things were afoot, but no, Bill Haley was was not doing rock and roll in 1952. But I'm I'm glad we could have a sensible, mature discussion, um, with <laughs> without hanging up. Is he talking about you? Don't, you only know about the monkeys and the big what, what? What what are you talking about, man? I've I've just finished reading a book by Chris Difford from Squeeze. I've just started a book by Loudon Wainwright the Third. I've got a book about David Bowie, the man who fell to earth at home. You've just come back from a Sparks gig. I've just been to see. But what are you talking about, Rocky? 
What are you talking about, man? You're, 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 you're I think a it's called throwing the toys out the pram. Rocky, I think, listen, what I'm, what I'm prepared to let Rocky do, I don't want any du- double bubble tonight. It's, it's one call, uh, one call only per, per person, right? Because we've got loads of calls. But Rocky, I'm prepared to let you come back on tonight. I'm, I'm prepared to let you come back on because I don't, I never like to leave a call in bad terms. You are welcome to come back on and apologise to me. I will let you do that. I, I will be ma- I will be big enough to let you come on and apologise to me tonight, Rocky. That's what I will do. Um, oh, David! Hello, Ian. Hello, Kathleen. Hello. How's your... Um, Penis. Self. Big pardon. How are you? I'm fine. That's all lovely. Thank you, yes. Um, little bit of, um, little bit of um, trouble last night, wasn't there? No, no, no. I was sound asleep from uh, 9, 9 p.m. Um, Someone hack your um, voice then, because you phoned us. No, didn't, didn't ring in. I've been on holiday in, in the, in the cops' world. Really? <laughs> so you yeah. didn't... No, one, no, you didn't phone in? You didn't do a bit of light vacuuming yesterday? I, I haven't rang in in uh, about a week, mm. actually. That's really... It's very odd. That's strange, because we had someone on... Right. ...claiming to be you in a little bit of a sticky um just have a listen to this dairy farmers and distant farm just jump forward a bit here oh oh, no 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 oh christ um ian david what's wrong i'm in the right dilly of a pickle okay go on let's see we can sort it out don't panic i'm a bit uh I'm a bit near. I don't want to, like, I'm scared that people will listen and take the meat and be any kind to me. No, David, no one would. Do- well, if they do, they're, they're, they're not worth bothering about. What's wrong? Have you been entered again? Well, no, 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 kind of the, the other way around. Right, right. I need you to just stay with me, right? Okay, well, okay. Some, sometimes, and only sometimes, mind, I get a real, real urge to do some spring cleaning in, 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 late at night. Yes, I know what you mean. I used to get that. It's, it's, it's quite, it's quite therapeutic. Yeah, well, exactly. So you're on my level, right? But I, I mean, I, I'd been in, in, oh, I'd been in bed, and I was not obviously not. I was deep. Is this ringing any bells, David? It doesn't sound like me. Um, it sounds just like. Uh oh. I've got me. I've got me Willie stuck in over. Okay, oh. You got that, your, right. That sounds like you saying you've got your willy stuck in Uber. That's not me at all. That's someone doing a really bad impression of me, actually. What brand of Hoover do you have? Vax. I mean, oh. uh, Henry. No, 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 come on. I have never had an appendage stuck in an Uber. Really? Especially not my winkle. And then, uh, if, if, even if I had, uh, I bloody wouldn't ring into you, would I? With all the your clowns laughing like bloody hyenas. I've got a song, a song that's got a better ending than uh, Help. Has he got a happy ending? <laughs> Has he got yeah. a bell ending? No, listen, m- got m- a tender m- ending. Right, <laughs> I. That is. That Does is it make not- you cry one tear at the end? Now come on, you you're being saucy, and I don't like it. No. You don't like it up I, them. Yes. Was not me. Sorry? Wasn't me. 
Okay. It's part of you. Well, it wasn't me by Shaggy. You're saying that's a better ending? No, 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 no. The, the song that I've selected is If I Can Dream by Elvis Presley. There's no shame in making love to a Hoover. Well, there is a bit. Why would I make love with a Hoover? Because you're a virgin. <laughs> yeah, you'd be very abusive. <laughs> very what, sorry? Abusive. Abusive. <laughs> Chris Akabusiv. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, laugh it up like Kathleen. Right. Okay, then. Right. I'm... Right. Suck, you it, up. Got... Suck it up, David. <laughs> <laughs> I made that phone call to you in, in good good taste. Oh, you did, did and you? And you blasted it all over the internet. I'm, I'm like Marley Cyrus. It's on um, it's on my YouTube channel, The Rabbit Hole. It's got 351 views. I'm just going to tweet it now. No. So no, 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 will, no. Um... Listen, you might end up being the poster boy for Vax. We did um, we did tweet Vax Help, didn't we? I, I tweeted Vax UK, Vax America, and Vax Customer oh. Support. <laughs> <laughs> and also Dyson and Hoover. <laughs> no. No. You got your dick stuck in a Hoover, you idiot. You absolute idiot! What were you doing? What were you doing? What were you doing? You stand up there. Were you trying to get pleasure yourself with Hoover? You idiot! You're an idiot! You're pathetic! You want to hear it? I was trying to achieve orgasm by sucking my penis with a Hoover. Oh God! Yep, I've said it. I know you want to be too. New new idea for a phone call. Oh wait! Oh well, three four nine eight nine six six. Who's who's on Babcock Babcock side? Right. Do it, Mister Lee. Oh, hello. 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 Oh Christ! Hello. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, it's David oh. Babcock. Who's it? David's better than me. Well, well, David, my old friend, how are you? Is that, hey? that Andre? Well, well, I've got... I'll, now, today I picked up a Dyson out of the garden, yeah? It's really lush and wonderful. And I turned it on to try and do some overing, yeah? And then guess what happened? You got your woolly stuck in the end of it? No, it started playing this. Have a listen. Right, see what you reckon. This is where it started playing. Could you hear that? Unfortunately, yes. Well, have a listen. It's got the best lyrics and the best in ending. Feel other people's misery. It sounds like a cacophony of noise. Just have a listen. I really don't want to, Andre. Has he gone? Right. Who's ringing in then? Oh, three, four, nine, three, nine, nine, three, eight, six. Who, who supports Babcock? Call Lee alive on air. Please. Who's there? This is like I'm doing a uh, spiritual intervention, isn't it? Right. If you are there, right, make yourself clear by contacting me with your face. <laughs> your face. Who is it? Who's what? That. Can you hear me? Oh, right. I'm on. Hello, hello, Babcock. How's your Babcock? Lincoln. What's your name? 
Is it Lenton? I'm Jay. How are you, mate? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I feel a bit embarrassed. What, what do you want to call well, about, I'm not Jay? surprised. I was, I was so, you, you know, you slipped, so that's not really your fault, is it? What? You slipped, didn't you? That's what you said. You slipped and fell into Henry the Hoover. No, no, no. I've just admitted on air that I actually used the suction. Uh, oh, uh, did you? I must have been getting put through at that stage. I didn't hear that. I thought you were innocent. That's, I've, I've changed my mind about you. I no, well, you know what? I mean, Ian and Kath pushed, pushed, pushed me over the edge, so I thought I'd just admit to it. Did they? I thought Henry pushed you over the edge. It's not Henry, it's a Vax. Oh, right, okay. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you, well, At least well, Henry's a bit more personal, isn't it? What, with a face? I'd feel too, too guilty. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know if that's more worrying or less worrying if he's got a face. Well, what, I didn't, what I didn't actually uh, admit on there, and I'm glad that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not still, is that I've actually done a, a little uh, paper cutout of a, a, a Playboy model, and I've, I've stuck it to the vax, so it uh, actually aids in the uh, pursuit of orgasm. Oh my God! Are you are you okay? Is this is this something that you that you're you're not under the influence of anything that that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and regret saying all this? Are you? No, no, I feel I feel perfectly fine. I, you know, I've been pushed to boiling point, and you know, I'm, I'm at, I've been I've been what's the word? I don't know. I try to think what the word is. What's the word? I've been. Um. Um, disgraced. I've been disgraced. I'm, I'm bloody. I'm, I'm bloody Shilpachetti. Hello. Have you gone, Jay? I like you, Jay. Come back, please. Speak. Who's that breathing? Hello. Hello. Right. Right, if no one's going to speak, I'm going to sing my favourite song. No, leave it. Right, who's that then? Hip, hip, hip. Uh, what? David. Who's that? It's Alan. Alan who? Caddick. Hello, Alan Caddick. Uh, Andy Dyson. Dr. Dyson, it's a vax. I can't believe this is the talk of the town. Would they have us enjoy one? What? Would they have us enjoy Vax? Well, it was dead when I when I finished with it. But I don't, I don't. No, it's usually just you for picking up knockoff Uber uh, carpets. So it was always enjoy Vax. Well, I've, I've just mentioned that. What are you ringing for, Cadic? Well, I wanted to talk about being in the same room with somebody, but I wasn't going to talk about that. But I want to talk about vacuum cleaners. No, 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 no. Who have you been sat in the room with and why? Henry Dyson. Right, right, right. Uh, wise, wise guy. Right. Where do you live? Up your be. Hello? No, no. Turn your down. And why? Uh, is that better? That's a lot. No. Turn it down. Off. Turn it down. Right, it's down now, yeah? Who's this? Who's that? It's, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's on David Bellamy. No, it's not. It's, it's on Andre. I'm not. Uh, who's that then? David Babcock. Where's he gone now? Right. 
There must be lights burning brighter. Who's on? Am I back on again? Can I please sing? Oh, sorry, sorry. Carry on, carry on. So you can join them in if you like. Somewhere. I don't know. Got to be birds flying, I guess, in the kind banging sky. Smallly, if I can dream of a better land where all my brothers walk out in and tell me why. Oh, why? Oh, why won't that sun appear? Oh, why? Have they gone home? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Tomorrow, The Guardian exposed race bias in the British justice system. You'll hear more about that on LBC throughout the course of the day. We were going to talk about that a little later, but it was a, I'm sure at some point there will be elements of it. It was the Lamy report that, that we will return to. Uh, but I know Nick Ferrari tomorrow morning is going to be looking into that. The Daily Telegraph, the MP, the £100,000 gifts and the Brexit <coughs> trade deal. DUP member enjoyed all expenses paid holidays. That's what you could be listening to on the other side, guys. That's what you could be listening to. Or you could be listening to a ghost hunter talking about the time they tried to receive oral pleasure from a vax. Um, let's go to Jay. Good evening, Jay. Good evening. That was fun. Mm-mm-mm. So, endings of songs. Yes. <laughs> from one ending to another. Beatles, yes. <laughs> from one horrible ending to one fantastic ending. Um, you, what's a Beatles song you, you like, in? Uh, she Loves You. The ending of She Loves You, she I think, is perfection. The ending of She Loves You. The Beatles used to love ending their songs with a sixth, a major sixth chord, didn't they? It was a major they, sixth. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, they I love all that. And, um, yes, yes and, they did, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, Twist and Shout was the same one. I like, I like, I like Twist and Shout. Yep. That's another, another one of the great endings. But my, uh, favorite, my um, uh, submission for best ending is Virginia Plain by Roxy Music. Um, I'm not so hot on Roxy Music. Virginia Plain, what's her name? That's that one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's uh, the how, one. It just you, ends on that. Can you see, it just ends on that? It just, it, the music cuts out. It goes, what's her name? Virginia Plain. What's her name? Virginia Plain. <laughs> who does, yeah, who does it sound like when it talks like that? Deputy Dog. No, Deputy Dog. Um, are you yeah, a fan exactly. of Roxy Music? Not particularly, oh. but I like that song. Actually, I could enter them for songs that a band I don't really like, but have one great song. What's it name? Let's have a little yeah, listen. I, I, I know very little about the... the here we go. This is a great song. What's your name? Virginia Plain. I know what you mean. It's It's not bad. But yeah. I like a kind of... I, I like dum, a mute... Dum, 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 Bang! Uh, yeah, like I like... I like a mute... Can we just check something? In fairness to Rocky, can we yeah. just check the ending of Rock Around the Clock? Because... Oh, you're going to be sorry if it's brilliant. Oh, well, if I, if, if, if I am... Uh, rock, rock... Hang on, how do you spell it? Rock and... Rock... How do you spell it? Around the Clock. 
Bill Haley. All right, let's listen to the ending of uh, this. Oh, what are you stopping there? You have a little, little, little drinky yeah. drinks, Jay? Have a little, do you hear the clink of ice against oh, yeah, my crystal glass? Exactly. Oh, it's a terrible ending. They do a comedy ending. I remember. They do a comedy ending. Yeah, that sounds like the drummer fell down the stairs. Isn't it just? <laughs> we're just joking, guys. We're not really rockers. We're country music stars. We're just jumping on a bandwagon. <laughs> Buddy Holly had some good endings as well. Do you know what? I, I went through a really big Buddy Holly thing when I was about 15, 16 years old. I like Buddy Holly. Mm. He's very, very good, Buddy Holly. Yes. I bet the Who did some good endings. Oh, they did lots of... Damn, damn, damn. 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 Smashing their guitars That's up. the end. That it, this is the end. Ah. Um, it, yeah. it, 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 even though you don't like Brian Ferry, if you listen to... We're going to play out the interview um, with uh, Chris Difford from Squeeze in a bit. And he had this, this is weird part of his life in the 90s, right? Where he... Right. He worked for Brian Ferry as sort of like his chauffeur and personal manager and stuff. It's really, really weird. And that was pretty much all we talked about. Chauffeur? Yeah. Yeah, he was his personal... One of the greatest songwriters yes. English pop has ever created was a chauffeur well, for he Brian was, Ferry. Well, he was his personal manager, but he had to ferry him... He had to ferry Ferry around. And it's... it's <laughs> yeah, I, had to, I read that bit in the Chris Differ book twice because it was... It just came out of nowhere. Wow. Well, stay tuned. I really like Squeeze. I like I like so, Squeeze uh, a lot. I'll, I'll get that book. I'm enjoying the Billy Bragg book at the moment. I'll skiffle. I'm it's good, isn't it? Fan, so is he coming on the show, really Kaz? Well, it's gone a bit quiet, yeah. and I've sent a couple of little nudges. Yeah, because he's he's off to the Grammy um, Museum to talk about it, not to talk <laughs> radio. Oh well, we'll see about that. Jay, thank you very much indeed. I was gutted as well. Do you know Mark Hamill was hinting he might come on the show? Yeah. Don't reply to me anymore. Wassy's chops over there got a DM from him. Yeah, it's probably saying, can you stop contacting me? <laughs> stop contacting me. Dear listener, uh, an hour of radio built upon a sham. You've heard nothing yet, and there is nothing more to come. Oh, apart from Chris Difford, one of the greatest songwriters this country has ever seen or heard. I am Ian Lee. She is Catherine Boyle. This is The Late Night Alternative. You're listening to Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
Michelle. Is it a good ending? It's a good ending. You see? Okay, everyone calm down about the ending. We're getting very, very, very het up. The musical topics. People get very, very emotional um, about. And here's the thing. I know I talk about the Beatles and the Monkeys a lot. I know about all genres of music. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interviewed for Prog magazine. You know, I, I know I, my, my musical knowledge is, is all-encompassing, guys. So come and share that knowledge. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to impart my wisdom on you. Um, Chris Difford uh, wrote the words to that song, What You Just Heard, Glenn Tilbrook Done the Music. That's generally how it worked. He's got written a brilliant book. Uh, some fantastic place, my life in and out of squeeze. Here's the thing, guys. You know I don't recommend books unless I think they're really, really good. Like that awful Carmine Peace book. That oh, foul. I, I gave a. We got. I tell you what. We gave a copy of it away to Neil Hamburger. We've got another copy. I don't want to read the rest of it because it's just full of. It's just full of um, stories of um sexual uh, abuse it's horrible so we'll give it away to our least favorite court we'll have it'll be a competition and the loser will win that book how's about that I wonder if rocky would like it <laughs> don't don't be mean now come on um but the christopher book ain't, ain't nothing like that it's a cracking book and i i uh, did it two ways i listened to the audiobook uh, i'm gonna stop talking because i've realized here's what i've realized go right? on Whenever I do a talk-up, as we call it in the business, we call it a talk-up, it means a little introduction to the pre-recorded package. Whenever we do that, everything I say in the introduction is in the, is in the, is in the interview. Every, every time, the Chaz, the Chaz one, every time I do a, a talk-up, talk every time I do that and then we go to the package, it's all in there. It's called a package. It's all in there. Okay. Listen to me using radio slang when I'm about to get the boot from a radio station. Not this one. Um, so, um, I'm just going to say, this man is a hero to me. I Stop, was... because you talk about fanboying in the first few seconds. This is Christopher. Oh, man, I'm a bit of a fanboy, so I'm a little bit... That's all right. I don't Take normally get nervous meeting people, but you, you're Chris Difford from Squeeze. <laughs> Uh, apparently so. At <laughs> least <laughs> um, I was when I last checked. I loved your book. There was one Are bit we in... Off running, by the We're way. off and running, yeah, this yeah. is it. This is happening now. Oh, cool. I loved your book. There was a bit in there that I had to read twice because it confused me. Go on, then. What the hell were you doing with Brian Ferry? I couldn't work out what your role was with Brian Ferry because you seem to be ferrying him around in a car and yes. going over lyrics and... Yes getting in trouble for bringing girls into the studio yes well um it was a wonderful job really the first time i went to work with him my role was lyric doctor uh, <laughs> and i got paid to go through heaps and heaps of uh, files that he'd not had the chance to go through yeah and find lyrics that were really good and there were hundreds of them it was absolutely brilliant was it literally like books and drawers stuff with, yeah, with books, lyrics books of one-liners and stuff wow. yeah it was an incredible task but there was so much going on at the same time like would you give me a lift here would you do this do you fancy lunch do you fancy dinner and then in, uh, um eventually um you know it, it became a little bit of a struggle but, yeah but then i went back for more and uh, he made me his personal manager which i loved and that's I, incredible and i really enjoyed working for me such a fantastic bloke well he's uh, brian ferry is 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 kind of brilliant and you were a huge roxy music fan as well so that must have yeah. been well i was very I was, surreal i was dribbling every day i went to work because <laughs> <laughs> he's the lyricist that i looked up to yeah and uh, you know the fact that he 
his eye for detail and his ear for detail was extraordinary. I mean, he would like pour over absolutely every detail. And yeah, I'm not that kind of bloke, so it took a bit of getting used to. Um, there was a weird bit as well when he buys you a chauffeur's cap. That was a that was that a joke? That was a joke. That was a Brian Ferry gag, wasn't it? It was a bit of humour from Brian, which uh, was rare but beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- there's a I, I lo- there's a lovely line in it when you 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 kind of. Um, You've been working with him for a while, and you're looking in the mirror, and you say, I used to be in Squeeze. It it, it seemed... I I was so surprised, because I didn't know any of that that Mm. side of stuff. It must have been... How did it happen? Did he just phone you up one day and say, hey, Chris... No, his manager, David Entoven, was a big friend of mine. Right. And and lifetime mentor. And Brian... uh, David said to me, there's an opportunity for you to come and work with Brian, and... And, you know, I jumped at the uh, chance. Uh, I was completely smitten with him, but very nervous yeah, yeah. every day because I couldn't quite tell what he was going to throw at me yeah. next. You know, whether it was trees falling in swimming pools or me driving into the ivy for dinner. You know, it was all sorts of things, really. There's, and what is it? There's kind of a theme in this book, and we share a couple of we share a couple of mm. things, and we'll, we'll get mm. into that in a bit. But um, you you'll meet quite often. You meet people i would consider to be your peers right and d- d- you don't see it that way you kind of mm. feel in awe of a lot of people you talk about being backstage at an elton john gig and elton john obviously is, yes. is, is you know is, yeah. is one of the world's biggest superstars yes. but that you felt out of place a bit there yeah i've never been that comfortable with the celebrity mm. thing i mean I, I like being around celebrities and i love the conversations that we get into you know, just recently I was at Glastonbury and I got into a very long conversation with Johnny Depp for an hour. And wow. it was really fascinating to understand him as a human being yeah. rather than just that guy that you see on the screen. And we really got to know each other very, very well, it seemed. So I love that kind of getting to know people, but um, I've never had the money. <laughs> I, don't <know> what, <laughs> I don't know what celebrity is in that respect. You know, I, ca- I can just about afford an expensive candle. Well, this is it. You say you never had the money, but you spent like you had the money. Of there were course. times when you had money yeah. but it didn't last very long because Not you were just caning it i was caning it concord everywhere yeah you know, and uh, i mean one of the one of the funniest stories about being on concord was there was only two people on it uh, on this one particular flight that i took from miami back to london wow and it was me and brian gibb <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were sitting on the plane and the pilot said because there's only two of you on the plane it, this is going to the takeoff is going to be really fast. Wow! And it was amazing. Did you did you chat to him, or did, did well? It, he was he was going he was uh, coming back to England to see his son at school in a right. play. <laughs> Jeez! On Concord, flipping heck! As you do. But you was you. I mean, obviously the Gibbs, you know, mm. loaded. But you were spending like you were Elton John, and and this is what I found interesting. And the thing that we kind of share is because I'm 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 thirteen in two weeks. I'm thirteen years clean and sober, That's fantastic. Uh, and I was I was really enjoying your openness mm. in there because I never really kind of mm. you know I say I don't drink and do drugs anymore, but I never really go into it. And I was mm. enjoying your openness, and I, I was interesting to see that you did what I've done in, in a different way. Is yeah. for me once the drink and drugs stopped, then it became sex, and yes. then it became spending, and yes, then it became of course. And you talk about buying things and hiding them in the boot of your car and Mm. i've I've still got that i've still got (laughs) stuff that i don't do it anywhere near as much as i used to yes but stuff that i've ordered off of ebay yeah still in the box in the boot of the car so have i have you really still 
Yeah, I'm afraid so. But you know, the addict lives on, and the the uh, the addict voice in the head will never stop talking to you because yeah. you just can't separate yourself from you, and that's that's very uh, it's a very dangerous place to be. But the whole, and I'm glad that you've picked up on it. The whole arc of the story for me is about that a young man who's really ambitious and wants to be in mm. a rock and roll band, but then finds that he's, he suffers from depression, alcoholism, drug addiction, spending, all of those things, but manages to come out the other end and play at Glastonbury with his mates and has a great time. Mm. And I think that's the arc of the story to me. It's not about the egos that live within the book. You yeah. know, they can all think what they want to think about what that, what's, what's, what's been written. What's actually you know what you've how you've described the book it, it fills me with joy because that's how it's supposed to be read it's great it is it is a brilliant story of of um you know that that enthusiasm that that boyhood teenage mm. energy and i want this and mm. and you know loss and tragedy and sadness with mm. with death and addiction and things like that mm. but it, it yeah it, it ends on a very happy positive no, you know, yeah. you, the, 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 you are now the success that perhaps yeah. you always wanted to be. It's how I read it. It's how I interpreted well, it. Well, I hope that's the way it, it comes across. I mean, here we are, Squeeze is just recorded and, and just about to release our 14th al wow. album. Um, being in a band is just as complicated as it ever was because yeah. you're dealing with different emotions. Everybody's got different feelings and they need different things from it. So that's always going to be a complicated thing. But when you sit in the middle of the song on stage and it becomes yours, then that is the, that's the uh, joy of yeah. it. Are you, uh, are you friends with Glenn now? Because I hadn't realised... Um, there aren't any books about Squeeze, are there, I don't think? Uh, this is... Uh, no, not anymore. Because I, I devour rock biographies mm. and I, I've not found one. Mm. Y y the relationship between you and Glenn gets, gets very tense for for a long long time i just wondered where mm. you're at now obviously being very productive with the cradle yes. to the grave album and the new one coming out but yeah. it, it, is it a friendship I, I think it's a we have a love for each other which is very deep um but there's a lot of uh um and there's a lot of similarities but there's a lot of differences yeah and it's understanding the differences and having the courage to change the way you feel about those dif differences that is a daily challenge. But I think, you know, we have had, had periods of our lives where we've not been together. And I think those are the periods when we've learned a lot about each other and about ourselves. Yeah. If I can only speak for myself, you know, I went off and recorded solo records that I never knew that I could do. And now I can get in front of the microphone and be Chris from Squeeze and not be shy about it and quite like it. Yeah. Whereas there were a day when I just hid behind Glenn's shadow and just thought, well, he he can do all of that. Yeah. But, um, I'm afraid that isn't the way now. Do you still not know where he lives? I don't actually... I know vaguely where he lives on a Google map. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been to his house. But um, that doesn't matter. It's no. Not, that's not important. What's important is to be is to be in the songs that we that we write those are the kind of children yeah. that we that we devour and and try to grow and i think that's 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 the most important thing and with the tour coming up you know we've got lots to learn with a new band yeah we've got lots to learn about being on stage and how to how to deal with each other's um boundaries yeah, yeah it's really really hard after 45 years 45 years um you Bloody know hell. we grow up and do different things and it's true of everybody i mean you know being in a marriage for 45 years there's not many of those around no no not many um cra cradle to the grave mm. was a few years ago that was with the danny baker series was, which yeah. was which was the brilliant books brilliant series and a brilliant brilliant album mm. were you 
you must have been pleased, but were you surprised at the reaction it got? Because it got a huge reaction. It was like, wow, squeeze it back. And, and mm. not only they're back, but they're, they're bloody good again. Um, yeah, we had a rev- one review in The Guardian after we played the Albert Hall, I think, saying that um, all I want to hear is more new songs. Wow. And, you know, it wasn't like, oh, let's hear Call for Cats and Up the Junction. Yeah. Love. It was like, let's hear the new songs. And and that was very empower- empowering, you know. Suddenly I thought, yeah, well, why do we want to race through the old ones when we've got all these lovely new ones? Yeah. Of course, now we've got the treat of having yet another new album with lots of lovely new songs on, so there's going to be a fine balance in that. What's the new... Well, the new album comes out in October, I think. 13th of October. Friday the 13th yeah, of probably. October. I think it is, because yeah. we had some... Another... We had Narina Palo on, who's got her ah, albums coming out yeah. the same day. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it... What is there... Is there a theme to it? How does it... How does it work these days? I love that when you, you first met Glenn... Mm. You'd be upstairs and you'd write mm, sheaths mm. of lyrics mm. and then just plonk them on the stairs yes. and he'd take them and go off yeah. and write yeah, yeah. write the music. Uh, well, January, February of this year, I sat and wrote lyrics in the same way that I would do from in the in, in the past, and then I emailed him all of the lyrics. Yeah. And then there's radio silence for a bit while Glenn devours them, and then he comes back to me and says that he really likes them, um, and then he starts writing tunes. Um, and then there was a discussion about uh, how um, how we've got an opportunity to say things politically, but mm. uh, in a way that we wouldn't have done in the past. My conversation with Glenn was, well, I'm not that guy that can write a political lyric, but Glenn's very good at sort of sharpening his pencil when it comes to that stuff. So what we did was we sort of coexisted within a lyrical form on yeah. three songs. Uh, one of them was called A&E, which speaks for itself. And another one called Rough Ride, um, which really is Glenn's song. I've only written a couple of lines on that. But that's, um, you know, that's a very powerf- powerful thing, too. It's about not being able to afford to live in London. Yeah. Which is where we all grew up, you know, <laughs> which is crazy. And our kids, are li- like, you know, my two kids, are li- Grace and Sissy, who live in London, they're struggling to pay the rent. I bet they are. You know, it's tough up here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, there was that w- delicious... Mo- was it the Andrew Marr show? Yes. Where you're performing mm. almost a command performance for Prime Minister David Cameron. Mm. And uh, Glenn changed the lyrics he to did. to uh, have a... It was about council houses, wasn't it? Selling off council yeah. houses. Yeah. It was delicious. It was delicious and shocking because I didn't know he was going to do it. You didn't know he was going to do it? No, and, you know, at the time I thought, well, why didn't you just ask me? Because I wouldn't <laughs> mind it. It's like, I don't really care. I'm not a politically minded person. I'm, yeah. I'm not giving monkeys. But but if he wants to do that, that's all, all well and good. And I have to say, because people assume that I write the lyrics or wrote the lyrics for that, you know, I was high-fiving people down Deptford <laughs> High Street for weeks. So I took all the glory anyway, which is lovely. Uh it's the book is brilliant some fantastic place um when you write this when you write something like this do you because it is really honest and it's really open and it's and that's what i think makes it so good Mm. did you hold back did you you feel uncomfortable writing down some of the stuff about you know you you talk about everyone has this image of rock and drugs and sex and rock and roll you make it sound really awful (laughs) the you know the 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 drugs and stuff Mm. which it is did you ever feel like holding back from it or was it always going to be you're going to just tell the story as it was um i think there's a few more chapters that i could have added uh that would have made it even darker if i'd really wanted to but you know you've got to be you've got to be mindful of other people's feelings and you know the i've re-edited the book since since it originally came out to to take in that that into account yeah um you know 
when I delivered the book, I didn't realize how powerful that was, the letting go. It's mm. like letting go. It's like, for those of you out there who understand what step four is, mm. uh, it's something that alcoholics and, and, and drug addicts do. They, they look at their lives and then they read that story to another person in step five. And that's really what this has been. And when I did the audio book, I found it the most moving mm. thing I've ever done, that whole week of reading it. When I got to the end of it, the guy who was produce, producing it said, "Are you all right?" And I said, "No, I'm simply <laughs> not all right. I've just given, I've just spoken, I've just been connected to my whole life." Yeah, and I've really enjoyed my life, you know, so far. The the, the drug taking, drinking, spending—it's all been brilliant. <laughs> you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to regret. You yeah, know? and you yeah, know, I'm lucky enough to be in a, in a great band. I've got a wonderful wife and kids. Um, you know, and um, I have pretty much the freedom that I want. Uh, you, has it come out yet, the the album of demos that you did in the 70s? Yes. That's out now. Yes, it is on Amazon, and that was that was amazing. That um, friend of mine who lived on my council estate recorded me singing some songs in 1972 before wow. I met Glenn. Yeah. And then the tapes went missing, and then about five years ago I was doing a gig, and Bob Blatchford, who recorded me, came into the backstage with a Tesco bag... <laughs> and gave me the tapes and when i listened to them i went wow i'm listening to this guy who's really intent on being in the music yeah. game you know there's a lot of intent and love in the guy's voice even uh, even though it's wrong yeah but i love listening to it i'm very lucky it's just amazing that that stuff turned up again it really is and um my friend at edsel records val jennings he he said, look, why don't you just put it out and at the same time as the book, it can accompany the, the, the uh, book. And yeah. it seems to work very well. Um, the, 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 oh, I thought it was on the back. There's the, there's the line in there, in the book, about basically the whole of your career mm. turned on, on 50 pence that you nicked mm. from your mum yes. to put an advert in a shop window. I, I, I love that. And that is, that's basically how Squeeze happened, because of that 50 pence. Yeah, I put an ad in a sweet shop window in 1973 in April and um, Glenn was the only person to answer the ad and here we are, 45 years but, later. But the ad was full of hubris as well. Did someone need someone to join a band? Have a record... You said you had a record deal or something. Well, I lied through my teeth, but then I always <laughs> lie through my teeth, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I live, I live in, in the fantasy world. The, the original title for this book was called Off With The Balloons. Yeah. And that's where I, send, I, that's where I end up. Yeah. Do you still enjoy writing? Is it still... Do you still uh, find it, I'm, I don't know, as easy as you did when you were... 23 24 years old lyric writing i i love um yesterday i was writing with paul carrick for instance wow. and it's a real joy working with him because he's got such an amazing voice and um yeah recently i've written with lots of different people i run songwriting camps and i write with people from nashville and all over yeah. the world so yeah i mean that's just what I, I do but now i've got the bug for a book and i've got an idea for a second oh book, really and um at the end of the touring, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for some lessons in how to write it, and then I'm gonna have a go at it. Are we allowed to ask what it is? Is it top secret? No, not at all. It's it's very simple, really. It's uh, it will be if it comes off, it will be a book of short stories based on the songs that I've written. Oh, brilliant! Because mm. you write, you do a brilliant blog as well, don't you? Um, yes. Detailing the uh, ups and downs, the highs and indeed the lows yes. of being on tour. Yeah, and there are lots of ups and there are lots of uh, well, for me anyway. You know, I struggle being that guy in a band sometimes. Yeah, I bet. It takes a lot of doing for me. Uh, I'm not a natural uh, guy when it comes to it, but um, there is joy in it. And I have to say that, you know, 
um, playing at Glastonbury last year mm. with Squeeze was the, the peak experience of all of that, mm. being on stage and, and just being in the middle of those songs and being in the relationship with the band. And, you know, when the clock ticked down and we had, like, two minutes left on stage, everybody started to well up on stage. Yeah, I bet. It was an extraordinary feeling. And for me, I, I wanted to put that in the book, and I wanted the book to come out at this time to celebrate not only 25 years of sobriety, but, you know, that journey for the band, because I don't think it gets much better than the pyramids. Yeah. Do you, know, do, you, do you know how much affection there is for you and, and Squeeze? Yeah, I do feel it, and it's a lovely Good. thing. And, um, you know, when I've been going around talking about the book, I get nice feedback from yeah. people, and people... You know, I've always thought of Squeeze being a bit like the fam family cat. It comes in and out of the hatch every now and again, <laughs> eats some food, and then disappears again. And that's, that's really what we are, I yeah. think. Because when, when I said you were coming on, so many people go, oh, brilliant, fantastic, uh, you know, ask mm. him this, ask him that. Get, uh, and and I, I just, I'm, I'm glad that you're aware that there's that affection for, for you and Glenn and the, the songs that you have crafted through the years, you know, because I yeah. do worry, that, warriors, listen to me, but I do think sometimes that, that artists perhaps um, don't know that, you know, that, that people love them and people love you chris is what i'm trying to say people love you and people mm. love squeeze and and mm. that you you have no, done I great get, work I get, I get that whenever we play a gig i get i get that i get that love it's a wonderful thing and it's not to be it's not to be neglected and it's not to be messed around with it is what it is yeah you know we're very lucky at our age to be in this place you know it should be stress-free it should be lovely it should be fun and it should be all of those things um uh, you do, where's the tour? What's, what's happening with the tour? Well, the tour's doing really well, and we start in a couple of weeks' time. Um, we've got some warm-up shows, and then we go to Birmingham, two nights there. Then we've got Liverpool, Manchester, London, the Albert Hall. Wow, fantastic. Uh, and the O2 in London at the smaller venue, I can't remember, the Indigo. Um, yeah, the, and then we go to America for three weeks, I think. And then at the end of that, who knows? I think we probably sleep for <laughs> six months and then possibly to the next summer. I think we're going to try and come to the Royal Albert Hall to, well, come, and, to, come, and, to come and see you. Yeah. The book is a joy. Um, but final thing, there's that you, you write, I mean, it's just so beautiful. When you're describing when you were in a gang mm. and um, they all wanted to mug someone, you mugged a lady mm. and you describe beautifully how awful you felt doing it and how as you as it was happening you realized this was not For this me. wasn't you you, no. you you this was not the life you were going to take no <laughs> and thank god yeah well you know two of my friends that were in the gang at the time are dead um yeah you know, or, and a couple of them are still in prison but you know i had a you know being in a skinhead gang was what was it it was kind of it, it bound me up in music mm and fashion at the time because we were skinheads so we used to dress nicely and we used to go to clubs and dance and chat up birds and it was a lovely thing you know so it gave me the rhythm that i that i still have and um you know i'm glad i never followed the other yeah. guys and in fact i met a couple of skinhead friends a couple of years back and they said you were a bit of an odd sod you know you used to sit around writing poetry while we were kicking people's heads in <laughs> and i said yeah well i think i got the better, better better gig i think you made the right choice finally what are you listening to at the moment are you listening to anything have you got any do you do you go do you you say you're you, you listen mainly listen to stuff in your car have you got anything good on at the moment um 
Well, Laura Marling I've been listening a lot yep. to because um, I saw her at Glastonbury this year and I was really taken by her lyrical st uh, prowess. I thought it was brilliant. So, yeah, I'm deep within her songs. She's kind of like a, uh, a Joni Mitchell to me, mm. that kind of style. But other than that, I listen to a lot of jazz because I love jazz and, you know, I'd like to make a jazz album myself. Now, do, have you always liked jazz? Because I'm, I'm 44, I was 44 this year and I've never liked jazz, but just suddenly as I've turned 44, suddenly I'm starting to get a little bit... Mm. I don't, I think it's an old man's music. I don't mean that disrespectfully, <laughs> but I've always hated it and, and poo-poo jazz and now something, yeah, oh, I wouldn't mind checking some of that stuff out. Yeah, I don't know if it's, it's that, it's just challenging music. Right. It can take you in somewhere where pop music or rock music can't take you. Yeah. And I think that's, for me, that's really important. There's a new song on the Squeeze album, there's a couple of new songs on the Squeeze album, which are challenging. One of them does lean towards the uh, jazz. And I think, um, you know, musically and lyrically, I think you, as you get older, you need to spread your wings yeah. and, and be in something different. And you know, well, I met Jamie, I've met Jamie Cullum a couple of times, and and I love the way that he manipulates those old-fashioned songs yeah. that he makes them his own. The book Chris Difford, some fantastic place, my life in and out of squeeze, is out now. I, I, I was telling you as we came up the stairs, we only got the book a couple of days ago. Mm. So to make sure I'd read it before we uh, before you came in, I was alternating between reading the book mm. and listening to your dulcet tones <laughs> whispering in my ears. Thank you. <laughs> and it was a joy. What's the name of the album that comes out in October? The Knowledge. The Knowledge. Well worth pre-ordering -order if oh, you can. Oh, for goodness sake, pre-order it. And, and the tour dates. And is there a, What's the best website to find out all of these bits and pieces? Um, well, squeezeofficial.com is where you can find all the squeeze information and chrisdifford.com is where you can find all the Chris Difford information but they cross-pollinate so they're the same okay. the same wasps i shall i shall i shall do, do wasps pollinate uh, no okay <laughs> uh, i shall tweet all of this chris honestly it's such a thank thrill you. to meet you man thank you yeah, for thank all of the you. songs and thank, thank you, you for this wonderful book thanks a lot across the uk online and on dab the late night alternative with ian lee on talk radio it's good that Chris Difford, uh, some fantastic place. I've tweeted the link. You can get it on Amazon. You get it everywhere. It, it really is a, it's a brilliant book. I found the, the stuff about. Um, I mean, his his spending was much more excessive. It was it was buying a Maserati, you know, when he was broke, and um, his wife told his manager, so it got taken away, and he kind of snuck off the next day and came back with another one. You know, th th so his his spending was slightly more excessive than me. But isn't it, I, I was really surprised when we talked about the hiding things in the boot of the car, and he said, oh, yeah, I've, I've got stuff now. He's got stuff now. Um, and I've got, I mean, I've not got as much, but I did a few years ago, um, my wife kind of raised the subject of me buying so much stuff on ebay and i and i buy crap you know and um so i took to having it delivered here and hiding it in the boot of my car and i've still got some bits and pieces in it's not such a big issue now but um but now i'm buying cds for like two three four quid a pop as opposed to buying all kinds of crap for 100 quid 200 300 quid you know is what i was doing um and then hiding it in the boot of the car. And I thought it was a real human moment when he said, oh, yeah, no, I've still got stuff in the boot of mine. Wow. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, but the difference these days is it's not the whole car. It's just in the boot of the car. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's not the whole car. But it's the, um, the, the, it's the secretiveness, yeah. the secretive the, the part of, of addiction, whether that is drugs or sex or alcohol or gambling or, uh, or spending or buying. And there is a difference between the two things. Um, it's the secretive 
aspect of it. That's when you that's when you know you've got a problem when you think, oh, I'm having a uh, I'm I'm nipping upstairs to have a drink so people don't see me, or I'm having a joint but I'm 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 waiting for everyone to go so they don't see me having another joint, or I'm I'm buying stuff on eBay but I'm having it delivered to work instead of having it div- delivered to home. So that's the madness of it, the secretive uh, aspect of it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um, that will go as a podcast, of course. Um, hey, Billy Bragg's just tweeted me. Yeah. How's about them apples? We've been trying to get Billy Bragg on for ages um, because he's written a brilliant book about Skiffle, the history of Skiffle, kind of the missing link between 1940s jazz and late 50s rock and roll pop in this country anyway. Uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant book, and we've been trying to get him for ages, and, and, and the, the, the press department uh, uh, responsible for the book have gone a bit quiet, as they do, and Kath said, oh, why don't you tweet him? I said, oh, I'll do it. I said, I'd love to invite you on the show. He said, yeah, I'd love to. Where and when? Wow! This is the thing, because at first, when, when, I, when I, the first response I got was, oh, yeah, he's really up for it. Yeah. So that's what gave me hope. You never know what's going on with people at the moment. You... It's still like holidays, yeah. people all over the shop. So wow! But so Billy Bragg, hopefully coming on the show. We've got some great guests. Billy Bragg, uh, Sparks, a uh, little Sparks package. Hopefully, we'll get to speak to them tomorrow night. Bucks Fizz, um, all the musical genres. Um, Arlene Phillips. Arlene Phillips, the choreographer. Um, maybe Herb Alpert. Oh, maybe we're still working on Herb Alpert. Um, um, Johnny Rogan, who's written some brilliant rock biographies, including a cracking book about Ray Davis of the Kinks. Um, Mark Mason. No, Mark Mason. There's another Mark, the Beatles guy, who's, who's written, um, who's planning to write three um, volumes on the Beatles. The first volume um, only goes up to 1962, oh, and it's 600 pages. It's it's great. There's an extan- expanded version that goes up to 800 pages, and I've just downloaded the audiobook version of that. Do you know how long it lasts for? 43 hours. What? 43 hours. No, you've got to start counting that in days at that yeah, point. That's, it's, two, it's two days, two days. Two days worth of book. Wow. He's coming on... Um, and uh, we, I tell you what, we'll do Monday. Uh, we'll do Monday is we'll do another little thing on Twitter at about sort of six, seven o'clock when we get in from work, just asking for suggestions because last time we had some really, really good yeah. suggestions, and we love those. But please don't at the person oh, in it God, because no. that can get a little bit awkward. That's the worst thing. Don't ever at the person because if we don't like them, it becomes very, very tense. Very, very tense. Look, m- m- Rocky, Rocky's getting very upset on Twitter. You astound me. He's getting very upset on Twitter. Um, he, he's, he's called me out saying, Elvis uh, Elvis Presley recorded That's All Right, Mama, 5th of July, 1954. Don- Donegan's track's not until 56, 57. Please get it right. So I corrected him. I, I, I double-checked it because, you know, if I get called out on something, I, I know stuff, but if I get called out, I like to double-check it. So I double-checked it. And he says, uh, Presley's stuff, song was recorded in 5th of July, 1954. Donegan's Rock Island Line, which was the first skiffle hit, probably the first skiffle record, was July 1954. So I said that to him and said, please get it right. You may know all things 60s, 70s, 80s on, 
But anything pre-1962, it's not your thing. I've been 50s rock in DJ for 40 years. I know my stuff. Well, you were wrong there. Um, and and, and um, then, he, then he's, got, he's got to own it. Listen to this. You're right about Rock Island Line. Not as good as the Rockabilly version by Johnny Cash. I wasn't talking about... I wasn't comparing versions. I was saying... It was a throwaway comment that the same week, certainly the same month, I'm confident it was the same week, that Elvis Presley recorded um, That's All Right, Mama, the first, his first single. Uh, Donegan was recording Rock Island Line. That's all I said. And on that bombshell, gentlemen, please, can we roll up our measuring tapes? Because if you away? want, I'll get mine out, and it's bigger than both. Let's um, see who this is. Hello, is it, what's your name? Lattice. Hello. Hello, what is your name? My name is Latisse. Latisse. Hello, Latisse. Yes. Yeah. Hello. How are you doing today? Doing very, very well, sir. What What can you do for it? What What are you going to bring to the late night alternative tonight? Oh, um, I actually don't know because I was listening to your conversation, and I was on Periscope before I before I came on here, and somebody told me I to come here and promote my stuff. Yeah. Uh. And I'm a chef. I'm a chef and I bake. I love to bake, so what? What do um, you? What do you open. love to? What do you love to bake? Oh, I love to bake tarts, cakes, gingerbread man. Yeah, I like them things. What? What ingredients <laughs> would you put into a gingerbread man? What ingredient would I put into a gingerbread man? Yep. Um. Here's the no, thing, here's the yeah. thing, buddy, here's the thing. If you're going to pretend to be a chef uh, or a baker, <laughs> then at least, at, at least know some of the flipping ingredients, you muppet. <laughs> you absolute pudding. For God, you fell at the first hurdle. <laughs> and if you don't know, then make it up. Start with ginger. Say, so I'll put some ginger in there. Oh, my God. Bro, you don't believe I'm a chef? That way, that way. <laughs> you, you can't tell me the ingredients for a ginger... My five-year-old can tell you the ingredients for gingerbread men. Yeah, it's been a while since I've baked It's been a while since you baked gingerbread men. Tell me how you make a cake. How do you make a cake? Well, you need flour, you need egg, you need sugar. What you type need, of flour do you, you need? need? Can you remind me? You need plain, you need plain flour. Uh-uh, need is the wrong answer. You need either plain, fi- or plain flour or raisin flour. Raisin flour? Yeah. You need raisin flour to make a cake. Not raisin, not raisin, not as in raisins, as in the uh, I bet you could tell me, I bet you could tell me how to roll a fat one. Of course, I can tell you how to roll a fat one. Yeah, I bet you can. And I bet when you make hash brownies, you use cake mixture from a packet. No, I don't use packet mix. I don't like using packet mix. You don't like using packet mix? No. Well, that's a shame. That's the, that's the easy way. That's the, that's the easy way out. Tell me how you oh, make I a biscuit. Like... How do you make a biscuit? I'd not to make a biscuit. Um. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for calling. I've got no idea. Fair play to him. It was the quote, you don't believe I'm a chef. No, mate, you don't believe you're a chef. Come on. <laughs>
Uh, we've got, uh, uh, he, he's going off to America next week, Billy Bragg, but he's given me an email to sort it out. Okie dokie doggy daddy. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 0344, we're live, by the way, 1146 uh, Thursday. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we call you back. Um, what have we talked about? Uh, who the hell is Peter Piper? The best endings of songs. That got a lot bloodier than I was expecting. And very quickly it, escalated. It, I, it really, really... What was what was um, basically a little bit of fun um, turned into... Hello? OK, what we're going to do is we're going to ignore the withheld numbers because that's that person ringing other people. And it's, it's, a very, it's a great little trick you've got, but we're going to ignore it tonight. So, so well done. Any withheld numbers, Sam, we'll ignore. Um... Um, yeah, it got very bloody, the endings. It's just a bit of fun. It's just a bit of fun. I think the joy's been sucked out I think in many ways it has. Isn't it it funny how, um, some people like to control, Mm. don't they? Some people like to control. Uh, Whereas I like to kind of just sit back and, um, and make mischief. I like to make mischief, certainly. But some people are very controlling. You will accept that I'm right. You, you will accept this, I'm right! What are you saying, I'm right! I don't know what accent that is. Well, no, it's vaguely German-esque. Yes. But, uh, you will accept it! So I'm right! Um, but the best endings of songs. We've, we've, we've yet to... Uh, but seriously, there was a whole generation of people that thought Bill Haley was their saviour. And then when he came over and did his first tour in Britain... There were also a lot of randy girls right, ready to see this hot, rocking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And, and, and they, they turned up, and it was, and it was you know, no disrespect to Bill Haley, but he was, uh, I think... And I, I don't, <laughs> don't quote me on this, fact fans. I think he was in his late 30s when he came out. He was overweight, he was balding, he had this horrible little kiss curl, and it was an all-white group wearing uh, m- matching um, jackets... They had an accordion, right? They had that. That is true. They had an accordion, and so everybody that had heard the song "Rock Around the Clock" was ex- it was expecting this young heartthrob. You know, yeah, exactly. And what they got, what they got was was an old was was their dad. That's, that's what they got, and people were disappointed. And his tour over here, and I don't know the exact year fifty seven, fifty eight, fifty nine, something like that, late fifties. His tour pretty much ruined his career over here because once people had seen him they went nah and then they went for the harder rockers like jerry lee lewis and um uh, uh gene vincent and um uh, eddie cockring and all these people they went for those kind of people cheap shot that cheap gag but uh, it had to be done missed opportunities we had the opportunity to go and say hello to sparks this evening and shake their hands and we didn't and who have you been in a room with doesn't have to be someone famous it could be do you remember when we were in a room with chrissy hind yes i do she was at the next table to us wasn't she, she? Was. i was thinking who's that old fella over there who oh, made much Catherine. of an effort had shades on yeah very 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 thin yeah jacket a lot bigger than it needed to be. And yeah. Then I realised, oh, it's Chrissy Hind being cool. Yeah, 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 very Silly cool. Me. Unbel- the next table to us. Um, Bill's on the line. Good evening, Bill. Good evening. Um, I've just pressed the wrong button as usual on my phone, but um, I was uh, thinking about the uh, ending of records, and uh, one that I was thinking of was uh, one of David Bowie's, but I can't remember which one as such. Um, it's either Life on Mars or, or um, Changes. Where they get the piano and sort of play a chord on it. That's a bit like the Beatles. That's um, 
changes, is, isn't it? Is, yeah. I think like, it goes a bit piano at the end. It sort dun, of goes dun, a bit... Dun, 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 dun. It goes like that, doesn't it? No. Yeah. Not, like not, that, not yeah. the end of changes, it doesn't. Dun. Well, uh, it's one or the other. I, I couldn't dun. figure out which, um, so I thought I'd ask you. Now we've got to do it. Um, changes, Bowie... No, it, change, the end of changes is all. Um, hang on a minute. Um, changes. Uh, well, life on Mars is the other one. Um, um, it turns out. Uh, no, it turns out. Um, hang on, I think this is it. Here we go. Let's let's try this. Here we go. This is that's an advert that we don't need to broadcast. This is changes by David Bowie. It says here. Let's have a listen to this. Not the way I'm thinking of, but still. <laughs> uh, this, this is the 8-bit version. Hang on. <laughs> I watched the difference change the lines. The man had told you what I could do with all these things. I listened to them blow my mind. And I know it was not so sweet. So I turned myself to face me, and I was up against the wall. <laughs> How the Jesus protects his people, it's not too bad, but you show it all. Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes! Yeah, great song. Let's listen to the ending. Hang on, let's listen to the ending. This is the ending. I'll give you that. That's actually better than um, <laughs> that's, that's better than "She Loves You" by the Beatles. Bill, you've got that. Yeah, uh, he, he also did his original what's it, uh, Major Tom one or whatever such yes. with a xylophone, didn't he? Um, uh, with a what? With a xylophone. No, it wasn't a xylophone. It was a what was they called? Xylophone. Sty. I know. I'm thinking of styrofoam. It was a stylophone. <laughs> yeah, it's a stylophone on there. Yeah, yeah. Same as what I there. Um, yes, oh. rather Rolf Harris connection. Uh, oh. Have you heard well, the? I used um, to be a fan, but not now. Have you heard the um, Rolf Harris record that came with the stylophone? He taught you how to play the stylophone. Now, listen, listen to this. This, this is um, same time as when the oh. pocket-sized organ came out. What? This presented by Rolf. Here we go. That's I don't know. That's, that's like uh, Badcock. So here we go. Here we go. One of the most remarkable applications in modern electronics. A battery-operated pure electronic organ which is the size and weight of a half-pound box of chocolates. It's called the Stylophone. Not only is the Stylophone the world's smallest electronic organ, but of all the instruments ever designed, it is without a doubt the easiest one to master. Wowzers. Does he sound a bit... Was he at the right speed there? Well... A pinky and perky, didn't it? It could have been... Uh, it could have been a Bill, thank you very much yeah. indeed. What a nice gentleman he was. 0344 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. I, I, we'll, we'll dive into the papers. Uh, the, the dude who's doing the, 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 uh, the phoning through to other people, we, we're not... It comes up on the screen as a withheld number. We're not going to answer the withheld number, so I'd, I'd save yourself... Um, I'd save yourself the hassle. It was a lot of fun yesterday. We ain't, we're not going to go there tonight. So I can see you ringing through. 
Um, save yourself the hassle. That's that's all I'm going to say, guys. Um, I, well, we should dive into the papers, but I don't really want to do it now because we've only got a few minutes before the news and it would seem a waste to do one of the stories and then so i don't know what i don't know what to do for the next two and a half minutes i wonder i wonder um I wonder how long is that? No, that's too long. Um, I don't know what to do, Kath. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm open for suggestions just to get us up to um, just to get us up to the, the, the stop saying the top of the hour. You absolute pudding. Just stop to get up to the like, news. Just to get us. To, just to fill in the next the next two minutes. Okay. That's all I want to do. Okay, let's think. I need a holiday. Mm. That's what I need. I do. I'm just come back. You just have one. I know, but it I, wasn't really a proper one. I, I might go on a, my own. <laughs> I might take a week off. I can't really afford to at the moment. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit brassic at the moment. I need so taking a week off means right. You lose the money. You don't no play, no pay. So you lose that money. Then if I go away, you're paying for someone. So that's double money loss. Um, which is why I was never good at um, relaxing. You see, that's. Um, that's my curse. Don't talk to my, me about money lost because um, I've yet again scuppered my car. Why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself again? When she says scuppered, she means she has scraped it. Yeah, the bumper. She has When did cars it. start like doing fancy bumpers that had nice paintwork like the rest of the car? Like, can just do a rubber one? There's a tweet here. Hi, how often do you do your shows? I'm Kirsty from Periscope. Do I know Kirsty from Periscope? Um, don't know. Everything's gone a bit weird. There's a strange. We're, we're on the tail end of a full moon, so everything's a little bit strange at the moment. I don't know. You feeling a strange vibe? Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling a bit at the moment. I don't. I have no, no qualms saying that. I'm struggling mentally at the moment. The last couple of days have been. Oh. Yeah, but you're so knackered. You're working so hard. Stick it up your bum. Oh. Um. Well, I won't be working quite so hard in a few weeks. But that's by the by. Um. I tell you what we're going to do, guys. Is we're going to have a break. Then you'll hear the news. Then when we come back, last hour of the show, bishy bashy boshy. Giggle we're, factory. We're gonna, the giggle factory is gonna be uh, uh, open. Uh, it's gonna be open, and we are gonna uh, rock the Casbah. Uh, the telephone number now will be a good time to call in. We've got no calls lined up. The telephone number oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Sam will call you back. It will cost you pennies if it costs you anything at all. My name is Ian Lee. She is Catherine Boyle. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
see But we both are smiling as you well can see And it ain't no joke, it ain't baroque It's the missionary position It's a little retro and a bit But you know you think the VLA missionary position from the album hippopotamus that is out today and it's it's got it's getting five star reviews everywhere i read the review in the independent it's it's five star review they're in their late 60s it's they call it a pop masterpiece it's the the album is superb and it's hilarious and it's dirty and it's dark and it's messed up and you wonder what is going on in the mind of the male brothers it really is a very dark place good evening dear listener this is the late night alternative on talk radio my name is ian lee Catherine boyle is over there the way this works is we will sit here and we will talk about absolute rubbish and um, you're welcome to call in about any of the the stuff that we are discussing or if there's other stuff you want to talk about, you can call in about that as well. It's really, really simple. 0344 499 um, Well, I, I thought we'd thrown out kind of fun stuff this evening, but it's got very, very tense. Very, very tense. Who is Peter Piper? Can we find the ending of a song that is better than the 8-bit version of Changes and She Loves You by the Beatles? Um, Missed opportunities? Things where you look back, you've gone, oh, no, that girl really wanted to snog me. And I told you ages ago, this is years ago, uh, years ago, I don't even remember when it was, but um, by coincidence, I bumped into a girl that I'd been at college with maybe 10 or 15 years before about 12 years before and i'd really fancied this girl at college and there was there was some other people i i met up with a friend and he was meeting some friends and she was one of them and we i said oh it's nice it's always nice to see you i've not seen you for years i said i'm gonna be honest with you when we we're at college i'd not fancy you i mean really she is because did you I said, yeah she's oh i really fancied you idiot and there was and she said there was remember that night we were at such and such's house there was a party and i said yeah yeah we were talking in the kitchen she said yeah i really wish you'd made a move on me then it was and i was like oh and, and we didn't do anything that night because it was we were both with people and it's it i look back and thought oh yeah of course that's what that's what i should have done don't know how to make a move really but uh, missed opportunities, big and small, 0344 499 is the telephone number. And um, anything else you wish to throw into the mix. Now, here's a, here's a weird story. I meant to do this yesterday. Right. But um, it's in the paper today, so we can do it today. They've invented a new chocolate. Oh, yeah. And they're a... They're apparently 
only three types of chocolate until this this fourth one. So there's is, is it there's milk chocolate, there's dark chocolate, and white chocolate, and white chocolate. Okay, What's plain chocolate? That's dark chocolate. I thought that was milk chocolate. No. Milk chocolate, plain chocolate, dark chocolate. I don't, I don't think we're allowed to call it dark anymore. Is that supposed to be good for it you? It is, yeah. And the weird thing is, you don't want so much of it as oh, you would with no. with with milk chocolate. When I, the last time I was trying yes. to lose some weight, yeah. you'd have it because it's good. It's got iron in it and stuff. Sorry, it's got iron. But in But you it. need you need like eighty six percent. Yeah, yeah, that really strong stuff. But actually. Like one strip of it, no. you're like, I'm done. No, I never put chocolate back in the cupboard, but I used to with that. When it comes to a satisfying, it, when it comes to satisfying a sweet tooth, we've only ever had three t- choices of chocolate: dark, milk, or white. Well, what about a crunchy? Where? What is that? That's that's not. That's milk chocolate wrapped around honeycomb. Oh, okay. You what know about, that bit in the middle is what, not chocolate, don't you? What about? It turns out it's not a real honeycomb either. No. What about Mars bar? Aha! I don't know what the hell that is. It's caramel, and then there's like that. There's nougat. Is that what it is? When we were kids, we used to go to um, the equi- equivalent of of car boot sales, but they weren't car boot sales there. They were just open markets in fields, and we'd buy a big bag of honeycomb. Big bag. We'd, my dad would always buy cheap. Um, chocolate buttons, like the yeah. cheap, cheap, dusty. Yeah, they were a bit nice. With, the, with they had like the the sprinkles on the coloured sprinkles, but they never. What? They're called jazzies. No, they were. Yeah, they were. But they never tasted like proper ones. No, uh, they tasted like dog chocolate. My whole life, my whole childhood, was um, was a string of disappointments from the market. <laughs> the, <laughs> so for, was mine for Christmas. The remote controlled car. From the market, the um, uh, the the when those game and watch games, you know, came out, we had a game and watch game from the market. <laughs> yeah. uh, absolute rubbish. My granddad Joe, bless him, used to always bring me presents from the market or sweets from the market. And it'd never just be like a small bag of sweets; it would be a big jar of like slightly, you know, like the cola bottles that they didn't quite bounce back yeah, the yeah. right way. You just sank, sank your teeth into them, and, and your teeth stayed there. Or like my mouth is actually I don't we know we don't normally do old sweets but my mouth is watering dusty here. chocolate yeah cinder toffee is what it was yeah, called yeah. that stuff like honeycomb no no that's different to honeycomb honeycomb well, cinder toffee had chocolate around the outside yeah no this was just this was just about this was just a bag of pure honeycomb wow. it was incredible of course the greatest sweet of all time is milk bottles anyway let's not we're not we're not doing that can I just do one more yep once when I was going away on a school trip my granddad bought me from the market a uh, travel hairdryer oh yeah. As soon as I plugged it in in Normandy, exploded. Yeah. Of course it did. <laughs> Guys, if you want, you're more than welcome to phone in with your market stories. The, the 70s and most of the 80s were just market crap. And my <laughs> mum was quite a snob. So she didn't really, she wanted to buy stuff from Marks and Spencers. But my dad was a wide boy. So we'd just get crap from the market. My Auntie Linda, she's not the auntie that you met. My Auntie Linda will tell you, oh, I might have been with her. I was with one of my aunties at Salford Market, yep. and apparently I went up to a man and asked him if he was my dad. Wow. Was His he? response? I don't know, it was your mum. Here we go. Here we go. This is interesting. Andy says, is, is, is that the most partridge thing ever? This is interesting. Andy asked a good question. Is Caramac chocolate? No. But for the first time since Nestle brought white into the mix, 
white chocolate's only 80 years old. Is it now? It, it's only 80 years old. Confectioners claim to have invented a fourth type. I'm amazed there are only three types of yeah. chocolate. They've invented ruby. Despite its lurid pink colour, it has not been dyed with additives and was naturally developed over 13 years from the ruby cocoa bean. The catch? It tastes like shit. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Is it dead expensive? The catch? It is said to taste so light and fruity, you'll find yourself quickly munching through more than is healthy. <laughs> Swiss, get online, see if we can get some of this ruby chocolate. Right, Swiss look. creators. You, you realise, of course, this is the plan for them. Hope ruby chocolate will be a hedonistic hit with an Instagram generation obsessed with sharing snaps of their food. The world's largest cocoa processor, and I'm enjoying saying cocoa because I know it's winding people up at home, says it offers a totally new taste experience. Neither bitter, neither bitter milky, nor sweet, but a tension between berry fruitiness and luscious smoothness. I bet it's rank. I don't think you can buy it yet. The chocolate, which was unveiled at an event in Shanghai, Orient City, this week has already received the thumbs up from British taste testers. It's thought ruby chocolate could hit shops within six months and it's expected to be marketed as a pricey gourmet option. Barry Callabout, um, well, the chief chef says, it's natural, it's colourful. It's hedonistic. There's an indulgence aspect to it, but it keeps the authenticity of chocolate. Well, that about what, it so it's pink, but it tastes like chocolate, is what he's saying there. So how can there... Oh, I'm so good. What about a Twix? How can there only be three types of chocolate? There's got to be more than three types. Well, actually, I would argue that you get the marbled effect on, you know, like on them... By the way... Hello. Belgian chocolate seashells. Why are we yeah. eating... Chocolate shaped like prawns. Because they're delicious. Yeah, but why? They're so delicious. Yeah, but why? we I'm trying to lose weight, so this talk Stop of chocolate it. is Stop. um I think you can talk about chocolate without putting on weight. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. This is Talk Radio. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand. Although, let's be honest, the trail's gone cold. I do wonder. Production meeting, guys. Production meeting, guys. Production meeting. Um, I do. We 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 are we have been playing around with where we put the pre-recorded interviews yeah. in the show because 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 um, uh, we used to put them at the end of the show just because it kind of it sort of felt right it, it, it means we could we, we could go a bit early but that was, wasn't the main thrust of it it just kind of felt right because i'm always aware that you do a fast-paced phoning show bam 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 and then you do 20 minutes half an hour where no one can phone in and then you come back from that and the momentum has is is kind of gone and i've i've as a presenter have always found it quite difficult to then get the momentum back after the the the, the interview um, and then we kind of thought, well, we get more listeners 
at 11 o'clock than we get in the last yeah. hour, obviously. So and some so, of the guests have been belting. Some of them have been brilliant, and I felt it was slightly disrespectful to put them at the end of the show because um, I, I felt a lot of them were getting missed. Even though we, we, we always put them out as a podcast, I felt a lot of them were getting missed, and the casual listener doesn't download the podcast, you know. Um, so we, we'll put them somewhere where they're, they're, there's more prominence. Um and so we've been putting them at 11 o'clock and uh, and we've tried a couple of times as well having the interviews going over two evenings like we did with Chaz Hodges. We had it on Monday and Tuesday. And um, I, ge- I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know what works best for the show. We're going to try... Um, we've got some sort of longer interviews coming up and we're going to try putting them at the start of the show in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. to see how that works to see if that uh, but i don't know if that people expecting you know a, a um, slapdash crazy no rules phone in um you know get a 30 minute interview whether that might scare some of the people away i don't know i genuinely don't know and this is the thing of doing this doing this show is we are you know we, we are experimenting and we are um we're trying different stuff and um i don't quite know what works so we'll we'll see all i know is we've got no phone calls now that's okay. that's all i know now we have got 11 minutes of sparks i'm not playing that tonight whoa 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 wait whoa hey i'm not I'm, we're not shooting our sparks but we bolt might actually now. meet them tomorrow yeah, well, hopefully we're going to meet them tomorrow. We're going to go and see them doing an in-store performance, which will be uh, very, very exciting, because I like those guys. That whole interview... The thing we went to tonight, it's, uh, it was a sort of a Q&A. They are interviewed by Rupert Everett from Menswear. <laughs> Rupert Everett? What's his name? Jacob Everett? No. What's his name? Kenny Everett? Matt. Matt Everett from um, My Gay Dad. And um, he and it was it was lovely and they were charming and we were sat very, very close to the front and I had a stupid grin on my face for the whole time. It was wonderful. Now, I'm not as geeky about them as you are. And, I'm you know, I've kind of been introduced to them by you. Yeah. But they're really charming, aren't they? They are uh, funny. So they put on such a good show. Another bit I liked was when... um, they said that they never get to a stage in the studio when they think it's too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love them. I love them so much. I think they're so good. And, and, and uh, I, it breaks my heart that they are not the biggest rock band in the world because they're, they're so clever. What they're doing is so clever. Um, there's a new Guinness Book of Records out. And you will probably know that if you've been listening to local radio today because they will have had their local... Um, record breakers in and the breakfast host probably tried to eat three cream crackers in under a minute that's that's what that's the crap we got asked to do every single time jeez did you I, ever do it no of course not i don't think we did I, maybe we had some of the local record breakers in once at three counties not on, my not on your watch didn't. no for more than six but the, here's the thing so what they do is that every time there's a new record book out guinness world records 2018 and my boys might enjoy that actually i don't know um Maybe they they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't, actually, but it's boring. Anyway, so they put world records in the paper to go, these are the craziest world records. You should you should go and buy this book. For more than six decades, one book has entertained us by chronicling... Go on. Chronicling the extraordinary feats of ordinary people determined to go the extra miles to be record breakers. Um, okay, right. Right, so they've got some records on here, right? 
And um, then they've got... Right, listen to this world record that's in the Guinness Book of World Records, right? First man with an antenna implanted in his head. What? That's not a record. The first... If you like... That's just crazy ways to mutilate yourself. Well, he's in... Okay, in that case, is the first man to climb Ben Nevis a record. Yeah. Right, well, then then, then in that I case... I think something stuck to you. First man with an antenna implanted in his I mean, head. That's a world record, I then. Sat, I sat on a chip the other day. I mean, am I the first woman to have a chip stuck to her rear? No. No, no, no. But if I was, would I go in the book? Um, well, look. At, let's look in the book and see who it was. Um, the first man... Because there'll be someone who's who, who's got an antenna impl- implantation implantation. Uh, why can't I speak? I do think something's gone wrong with my brain. There'll be someone who's got it booked in tomorrow, and they'll see that. Go, oh no, we'll cancel it. We'll lose that. <laughs> we'll lose our deposit. But colour blind Neil Harbison, thirty three, looks a bit like Mackenzie. Don't tell Mackenzie I said that actually, because he's you know. <laughs> had the antenna fitted to convert light into sound waves oh so he can hear colors as musical notes oh the uk born artist now of new york mm. can also receive phone calls <laughs> <laughs> so he would hear it in his head <laughs> he would hear the phone call <coughs> in his in it actually in his head gosh in his head <laughs> Like voices, you know the voice. Who's the voice inside your head? Um, Usually, the narrator, your, your daily narrator. I'm not sure I have a voice. I think I think more in paragraphs. Well, the, someone must be reading those paragraphs. Who's who's the audiobook in your head then? Uh, my narrator is generally it's me. I think it's me. But if it's my critical narrator, it's a bloke I went to college with who I was in a band with and ultimately I fell out because I realised actually he was quite a bully. Yeah. And um, and he's my he's still my critical voice. Like, I mean, I've not spoken to him... I've not spoken to him in 13 years and I've not really seen him on a regular basis for since I got on telly because he didn't like the show I was doing. So for, so for about 20 years. But he's still my critical um, narrator. Oh, mine... Yeah, you know who mine is. Who? My dad. Oh, he's got some deep shiz going on there. No, just he's that sort of... He's, that, he's the one. Now, these are proper records. Oh, yes, look at this. Yerk at this, you dirty, dirty little thing. World's longest eyelashes. Have a guess. Um, They're not mine. Um, an inch? Longer. No, shut up. They're not real. 4.9 inches. What? That's... Yu Zhangji of Zhangzhou, China. Is there a picture? Yes. Let me see. Must get what well, it says here. Must get through a lot of mascara with four point nine inch lashes. I think they're real. How did because she open her eyes? I think they're real because they're not, you know, the ones that you see, the fake ones you see. I think they're real. Oh my god! Isn't it? Isn't it weird? <laughs> they look like um, cat's whiskers. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Isn't the human? But also, why would you? Why'd you cultivate it? Yeah. Well, she's she's getting mentioned on um, talk radio, yeah, yeah, uh, but which is from... on the other side of the world and broadcasts to approximately 59,000 people at but, this time of but night. But apart from that, it looks huh? like she's crying hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. 
Hang on a second. Marty, is that you? Yeah, Ian, uh, Hey, you? man, sorry, I didn't, because we, 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 uh, we were uh, having a, um, we're not taking withheld numbers, and I just saw your message that you're on a withheld number, so we're taking your withheld number. Sorry, dude, have you been ringing for ages? Uh, no, for like five or ten minutes, dude, oh, not that long. In that case. What have you got can for you us, me? man? Yeah, I can hear you. What you got for us? Uh... Oh, uh, actually, because you were saying the show was a bit tense, so I thought I'd just lighten it up a bit and give you a bit of a feel-good story. Oh, yeah, here we go. I like the sound of this. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so did you see uh, the story about a week ago? Um, it was in America, and it was a 10-year-old boy who saved his brother's life, his 2-year-old brother's life, no. who was drowning in the pool. No, I didn't read about no? this. No. Oh, okay. Well, it was on the BBC, but maybe because I'm in North America, I get a North American kind of version. Yep. So I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you quickly. So what happened was um, two brothers at home. The two-year-old is playing in the in like a dipping pool. Yeah. And the ten-year-old brother is in the house. Yeah. And after about five minutes, the the ten-year-old is like, "Oh, I don't know where my brother is. I should go and check on him." So he runs out into the garden and unfortunately finds his two-year-old brother face down in the pool. And, yeah, not good, dude. Not good, man. However, the kid, the kid, it turns out, is a bit of a superhero. He um, turned his brother over, put him in the recovery position and started giving him CPR. Wowzers. And he actually managed to bring him back to life. And... The long convoluted story here is how did this 10-year-old kid know CPR? He picked it up from watching um, a film called San Andreas that The Rock was in. Hey, that's a great movie! San Andreas' fault collapses and he's flying a helicopter. And then he drives a boat through a building, if I remember it correctly. It's a great movie, San Andreas. He he learned to to save his two-year-old brother's life by watching The Rock in San Andreas. That is... Well, here's the thing. I, I, he shouldn't have been watching the, that film because it's it's not suitable for ten year ten years old. But that p- brings us to an ethical thing. If he hadn't watched it, his brother would be dead. Mm. Ah! Exactly. And, and wait for this. This isn't where the story ends. Oh, go go on. There's more. There's yep. there's more to this. So the Rock finds out and and sends the little guy and, uh, and like kills an them both. A message or a Facebook <laughs> message or a Twitter message. Yeah. Sends him a little. so he sends him a video message and congratulates the little boy anyway so i'm watching the news last night and the rock is in vancouver where i live and he's filming a new film and what he's done is he's actually flew the two brothers and their mum all the way from michigan over here to vancouver and he's put them up for three days in a hotel, and he's taking them to the set every day and watching him film. Wowzers. And I just thought that was really, I thought that was really great. And, let's, and, and uh, that two-year-old has found out very quickly there's nothing more boring than a movie set, I tell you. <laughs> I tell you that. Well, what, what a nice, that's a lovely story, Marty. Thank you for sharing that. That's delightful. Anyway, the, the reception's a bit bad here, Ian. You keep cutting in and out. But if I could, I'm going to drop in one more quick, yep. real good story. Go on. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp was also here filming a film. Yep. Uh, there's so many films filmed here in Vancouver. Yeah. So Johnny Depp was here last month, and he 
went into the children's hospital for three hours as Captain Jack. He does that over here. He does that in Great Ormond Street a lot. I've, I was there a couple of days after he'd done it. He rocks up as, because uh, Great Ormond Street saved his little girl's life, I think. Um, and so he rocks up at Great Ormond oh. Street as uh, as um, the, the, the pirate man. Captain Jack. Um, but yeah, a lot of celebs. Up, Beyonce, Beyonce just rocks up every now and then at Great Ormond Street. Imagine that. Imagine you're a little girl. Uh, the, the stuff they do there is incredible. Imagine you're in your room and suddenly there's a little knock on the door. Hey, can I come in? It's Beyonce. Hey, a friend of mine has a Polaroid picture of Lady Diana. Wow. Um, visiting Great Ormond Street Hospital. Her yeah. little boy, baby, was um, in hospital with a hole in the heart and Diana had come on a sort of official visit. Yeah. It ended. Half an hour later, she came back on her own. Oh. Yeah, and did like a private one. Stole and, the and, children. And, no, no, she gave it. Was that, was Marty, that I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to let you go. Thank you, dude. Oh, it's, there's, it's, a it's, it's, it's a, there's a lady's laugh there. There's a, the She's lusting, ringing the bell. Laughing a lady thigh. Oh. Anyway, yeah, so... Um Diana turned up and, and like, spent loads of time with them and they had a picture of Yeah, her. but she's not trained medically. No, she's trained... She was the Queen of Hearts, though, and she's good at cuddling. Oh, she, she know why she's the Queen of Hearts? She stole them and ate them for her breakfast. <laughs> oh, God! Uh, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Oh, I hate alarm clocks. Because I had to take the kids to school today, uh, uh, yesterday, and I've got to take them again today. No, today, whatever, Thursday, and I've got to take them again tomorrow. So I had to set the alarm for, for three minutes past seven. Oh, God, that alarm. I'm, and that's... The the joy of the summer holidays is I've not really had to do the alarm stuff. The uh, 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 But the, the, the joy of them going back to school is um, I can drop them off at school and then go straight back to bed. Yeah. And that is what I did. I'd forgotten what bliss that is in yeah. a nice little nap. Um, guten Abend, Kyle. Good evening, boss. You all right? The longest fingernails... Have Ugh. a guess how long the longest fingernails in the world are. Oh, is that... Is it a weird Indian fellow where it's about 92 inches? Um, hang on a minute. Let me just do a little bit of maths. Hang on a second. Hang on, hang on a second. Do a little bit of maths here. 92. Two divided by twelve equals seven point six six feet. No, there's 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 some there's one who's got them even longer. There's um oh that's a that's a cop out. It says the combined measurement uh, of her nails. Ooh. Well, that's stu- why would you combine? You surely you measure you measure one you measure all of them and you get the mean, mm. don't you? Well, it says a combined. I'm not even going to. It says a combined measurement of eighteen point nine feet, but that's not true. It's disgusting, right? They always look like quavers, don't they? The <laughs> cheesy things. And how do they? How do they? No, look after themselves. How do they wipe their bums? Yes. How do they wipe their bums? She must have a stick with a sponge on. Yeah, like the Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, the. I mean, listen to this. This is stupid, right, Kyle? The most slam dunks by a rabbit. What? What? It's, it's a rabbit playing netball, football, basketball. Holland Lop Binny netted seven in a minute after being trained by LA-based owner Twatty M- Idiot. <laughs> you can't say that. That's his name. It's actually it's actually the name. Okay. <laughs> 
Breaking records once gave TV host Roy Castle something to blow oh. his trumpet about. Oh, yeah. Because they took hours of dedication. People are still as keen as mustard to get into the record book. Record book. This is this going. Like German Andre Ortolf, who downed 416 grams of the stuff, I guess they mean mustard, in 30 seconds. But these days you don't need feats of endurance, you just need to sew an appendage on your head. What's that what's the, the weird, snidey comment? I mean, the longest cattail is 17.6 inches. Oh. The owner says it grows by about half an inch every month. And the world's longest legs belong to a Russian lady. They're 52 inches long. I mean... Why, why, why are you finding this? Um, this is in, These are in all the newspapers today. Because the, the Guinness Book of Records got the best PR department. Because every year they get in all of the papers with their rubbish... But rabbit, most slam dunks by a rabbit. Do me a favour for crying out loud. Makes me want. Oh, you know who's on the show tomorrow night? I've forgotten. Remind me, Kath. Tomorrow night we got um, the bloke from um, Day Five coming on. The the oh, yeah yeah, right. yeah 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 yeah. I wonder if he sent me a phone number. Yeah, Jesse Boyd is coming on from Day Five. This brilliant, brilliant TV program, Carl, that I found is is excellent. Right? There's a virus or something, and if you fall asleep, you die. And it's set on Day Five after the whole world has um um died and the thing is it's people who fall asleep isn't it that die yeah if you, do, you fall so asleep you stay don't. awake yeah 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 uh you're still up for tomorrow what's the best number sir there we go there we go we've done that he's the guy the guy the star from day five is coming on i'm i'm very very excited about that because i love that cool. anyway cool. Carl, what have you called him for man well, I was going to have a go for the uh, the best outro for a, a song, but somebody rang me in, in the in the middle. I heard the the end of the interview or the men of the interview uh, that you did before. Yeah, and I'm just worried now that I might have missed my opportunity to get in there with you. Well, here's here's what we've got so far. We found two. Okay, we've we've poo pooed Bill Haley for being a charlatan. Mm. Um, but we've got the Beatles. She loves you. The end of She Loves You. Right. Okay. And then we've got the end of the 8-bit version of Changes by David Bowie. You don't know it? It goes a bit like this. Anything that's that good? Oh, got anything that's good, that is that good, Kyle? Well, I quite like it. I'm just, you know, you see, this is a bit avant-garde, but it might appeal to you, I think. Okay, he's going to play. His, he's going to play I, his pretentious card, which are, which is a bold move. One, I, I applaud, but it's a bold move. I'm not pretentious. I think you know that, sir. However, however, I suspect I would say uh, a day in the life by the Beatles, the final chord, which I believe is an E major. Simplistic and gets the job done. 
How do, how do you think? How do you think? What do you think my reaction is to that suggestion? Um, if I know you, I think you would say that's a hands down winner. Carl, what you need to do is mm-hmm. you need to put the phone down. Okay. And I want you to have a really long, hard look at yourself in the mirror, naked. I want you to strip naked, oh. and I want you to look at yourself hard oh, in the stop mirror. It. What? Long, Catherine, you're making up. You're the filth one because I mean, I mean, he needs to stare at his soul, right? I don't mean he has to get hard. I don't mean he has to get hard. If he is or not, that is not up. Are you hard at the moment, Kyle? Uh, well, I, I, I don't think that's up for discussion. Ian, okay. Oh, he's not denying it. He's not said no, has he? <laughs> he's 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 not said. A shyer man would have said, no, of course not. He's not said that. And I respect that. I respect that. (laughs) Well, I I just enjoyed the show. However, however, (laughs) the E E measure chord is a sign of heaven. Okay. I (laughs) go take your clothes off and have a look in the mirror. All right. And we'll we'll, we'll speak tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. Good night. Good night. Didn't say no. Did not say no, I did he? I spotted that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. <laughs> Jacked up jive talk for janitors, jazz cats, and gin-soaked boys and girls. Is that commando? <laughs> if you're a week, you're a welcome. I've got five cactus needles stuck in my. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Sexy songs make us feel more sensual by changing our sense of touch, researchers suggest. Horny researchers are suggesting this. It explains why songs by Barry White, Marvin Gaye or Adele get us in the mood for bonking. No. Scientists have claimed. Participants in the German study said they felt sexy when touched while listening to the music. Surely it's whilst listening to the music. Even when they knew it came from a robot. <laughs> what, what, the music or the touch? So the, so someone's playing Barry White and then they get tugged off by a robot. <laughs> Is this what uh, David Badcock was doing yesterday? I mean, some might call a Hoover a robot. Professor Tom Fritz said... The sexier we perceive music, the sexier we also perceive touch administered simultaneously. Very white music isn't sexy, really, is it? No, I never got that. No. I never... Marvin Gaye, yes. Well. Yeah, depending on which one it is. Now... Adele again? No. I mean, it's like having the girl next... No. Oh, I could... uh, 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 No. Um... There's a there's a story in the newspaper today in the Sun. I feel sorry for this bloke. Is this the UK's laziest traffic warden? Oh, a tubby traffic warden. He's a big lad. Spent two hours in sandwich chain subway, and played on his mobile instead of dishing out fines. Now here's the thing: if it was an overzealous traffic warden the story would be look at this overzealous what a horrible person he's a he's a traffic nazi and yeah, he's doing jobs worth he loves it yeah oh, he's horrible horrible but 
this fella is surely is surely this guy should be celebrated as a hero to all those who are tardy parkers wouldn't it angry locals angry locals really is it someone who's tweeted him have snapped him resting on a bike rack in a bus stop and against the wall uh have, have they um he was also seen leaning against a lamppost to read his handheld ticketing device. Well. Residents say they have also caught... Oh, this poor bloke would have turned up for work today and everyone would have been nudging each other as he walked in. Um, residents say they've also caught him fiddling with his phone in Pimlico, West, West London, where he is believed to be new. On Tuesday, this guy is a legend... And we, he, he, he's doing us a favour. I mean, listen, I, I, I've not got a problem with traffic wardens. If you get a ticket, you shouldn't have parked there. Every time I've had a ticket, it was annoying, but it was justified. I shouldn't have parked there. It's normally because I thought, oh, I'll risk it. I'll chance it. And I get caught. There you go. Um, but this guy is, is, is surely is, is a legend. He's a hero. On Tuesday, he was in Subway from 3.46 to 5.39 well out well over the hours break wardens are allowed i'll sun you grasses yesterday he went into the sarni shop at 11:34 and left at 12:07 he went back at 2:54 until 4:43 subway do delicious Sandwiches. It's the aim of this game to get this guy the sack. Is that what's going on? And get and then get a jobs worth in that will go and ticket everybody. Yeah. A source said he's obviously finding the job taxing. By the way, when you, when you when you read it says a source said it, they've made it up because you can say anything. A source said, "Oh, I think he's he's playing with his willy." You say anything when you say a like source. As well, says. when you get um, celebrity friends uh, friends of yeah. the couple or source close to the couple. Nah. It's not the first time he's been spotted relaxing, and it's usually against anything he can lean on. And they've got pictures of him leaning on a wall. Yeah, but he's still working. Leaning against a lamppost, sat at a bus stop, and sat on a bicycle rack. <laughs> the guy walks around a bit, checking cars, but quickly needs a rest. It's all right for some. It's all right for some. The man works for City of Westminster. Here it contradicts itself. Clear, I'll come to you in a minute. Here it contradicts itself, right? The man works for City of Westminster Council, which last year made a UK high £55.9 million from parking fines. Well, this guy is just simply redressing the balance, isn't he? Or is he? There's no... I mean, I wouldn't like to say that this guy isn't doing his job. No. Maybe maybe he's so good that he, he has longer breaks. We just don't know. A spokesman said, our marshals are given handheld devices that look similar to a phone. We can use the device's data to regularly monitor their performance. We take any complaint seriously and will investigate the matter. You absolute oh. grasses, son. Bloke, bloke does what Britain is famous for, shirking. <laughs> He's a national hero. The guy is an absolute hero. Here's, um, I just want to do this, and uh, then we'll go to Cleo, and then we'll go home. This, this story blew my mind. Okay, we're going to hell in a handcuff. 
Corrie will launch its sixth weekly episode on a Wednesday night. Six. I remember when Coronation Street, I think, was was it Monday and Wednesday or was it Tuesday and Thursday? One was EastEnders. Yeah, you could uh, alternate. Yeah, and the other one was, was Coronation Street. You had two nights. I think it's ridiculous. And and the, it shows in the quality because it's not the writing isn't as good as it was. The acting isn't as good as Because it can't be. Because you, you've got to turn it out. You've got to do it first take. It's going to end up like Argentinian soap operas because yep. you know they don't learn their lines anymore. They don't have time to do it. They have earpieces. Oh. They just parrot it. Fans will get two helpings of their favourite soap three times a week. The first double Wednesday will launch on September the 20th. It makes Corrie the biggest soap on the box with six shows a week. No, it doesn't. It makes it the one that's on the sh- on the box the most. I mean, it's the biggest or the best. Emmerdale, Hollyoaks. Hollyoaks isn't a, a soap. It's well, a kid's show. Mm. And Neighbours have five episodes and EastEnders has four. Producer Kieran Roberts said yesterday it signifies a massive investment. Curry boss Kate Oates added, any of the characters can be story drivers. I'm really proud of what we've done. What they need to do, what they need to do is say, we are going to make the bold step of cutting back to two episodes a week. Monday and Wednesday, like it used to be, Coronation Street. You know what this is driven by, and it's nothing to do with... um fueling um, fans' imaginations or entertaining them or anything like that. It's advertising. Oh, now you're so cynical, It Catherine. totally is. You're so cynical. And I, I get that. I understand that. Of course I like do. Like the X Factor. Yeah. I watched the X Factor over the weekend with the kids. One of the episodes, I think it went on for over an hour. They had four, maybe five singers in it. Well, this is the complaint about New Bake Off. Is uh, that um, it is advert heavy? Mm. This is this is the concern you see. Um, good evening, Cleo. Hello, old Bean. How are you doing? Good, thank you, mate. What you got for us? Mm. I've got the end of a great song. Well, no, no, no. That's and not that's not the phone. No, hang on. I know. No, I know, no hang on. Be quiet. I, I, I Shut took, up. I took a breath. Shut up. I took a breath. Shut up. You said you've got the end of a great song. Well, that's yes. That's not the phone. Which... That's not not the phone in. Catherine, would you like to educate it's him? It's great song endings. Yes. Which is completely and different. And I was from... taking a breath Hello? to say, I think that's the best ending of a song ever. Okay, so it's... it's well, the you end... interjected. Ending? Well, no, but you said the wrong thing. You phoned in I, I didn't immediately about... Gentlemen, breathed. Gentlemen, let's not take this down the rocky road. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, Me and Cleo could song. never fall out. We, we, we enjoy these little uh, head-to-heads, yes. and afterwards we strip off and we lick each other's bodies. Oh, God! Oh. Isn't it? Isn't it, though? No. Isn't it? No. So what's what's the <laughs> ending of a great song you've got that's also a great ending that's got to be better than 8-bit changes? Spoiler alert, I don't think this is going to end well. Uh, I've got a feeling it's going to be some crappy acid jazz tune, but let's see. No, no. It's Good Company by Queen from A Night of the Opera. And it's Brian May being a sort of jazz band, but all on guitar. <laughs> It was all instruments. Brian May being a sort of jazz band, all on guitar. Wow, how how could that not be brilliant? What's the song called? <laughs> Good company, and it's like a it's a jolly song. Is it? Is it jolly? Is it? It's a jolly song. Okay, it's, we're going to listen to this, Cleo. It's brilliant. Well, I'll be the and judge of that. It's before Bohemian Rhapsody on. I don't want to know the, the track listing of the flipping album. Right, I'm going to give this a run up. We're going to we're going to have. We're going to have 35 seconds of this, right? Here we go.
Oh, mate. Class. Mate. That you, made me want class. to rip my internal <laughs> organs out and stuff them in my ears. Oh, mate. That's amazing. Mate. Mate, uh, you, honestly, you need to reboot yourself because your your taste, your taste in music, absolutely is astonishing. One of the worst I've ever had the misfortune to come across. It's a jazz band all on guitar, apart from the drums and the bass. Every every note, well, obviously apart from them. Yeah, every single note was recorded individually. That's how that's how musicians record. <laughs> that's how musicians no, no, make no, no, music. No. They don't record all the notes at once and then get a computer no, to separate no. them. They do no, all no, the no, notes no, individually. No, no, you no, absolute no. pudding. No, no, Cleo, no. thank you very much indeed. Cleo. All the notes are recorded individually. Yeah, because what they normally do is they just go and put their arms down on the pianos, <laughs> play it all, then Wouldn't feed that. Yeah, feed it through a computer and it just out comes Hey Jude. That's how the Beatles did it. <laughs> Record all the notes individually, oh, you muppet. Yeah, you've outdone yourself. Sweet, sweet <laughs> lord. <sighs> dear, dear me. We're back tonight at 10. We'll have a bit of Sparks. We'll have a bit of uh, um, Jesse from uh, day five. It's a great, great show. And more of your phone calls. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Catherine. Ta-ta.